0: Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Ben Gramico. I'm from InterNACHI. That's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. And this is a free online uh, webinar. And uh, it's a home inspection training class. So I want to welcome you to class. Thanks for coming. And um, there's our contact information. Um, we're all on the contact page, InterNACHI staff at NACHI.org contact. Go to any NACHI.org page and hit the menu bar bar, and uh, we're on the contact page. And there's about 28 people who work for InterNACHI and we all work for you essentially. And we create these free online webinars um, to help folks get into uh, more training and more education because uh, what is it, Uh, a person's reach is greater than uh, his or her grasp. You should learn more than you need to know. Um, So this is a webinar. It's a free online webinar, and if you wanted to watch video recordings of webinars in the past, go to natchi.org slash webinar, natchi.org slash webinar, or register for the next webinar. I believe I'm having coffee with uh, a few folks, um, some new members, and uh, if you wanted to listen uh, to our training sessions, we have a podcast, the Home Inspector Podcast. Search any platform for InterNACHE Home Inspector Podcast, or you can go to natchi.org slash podcast. So welcome to class. Um, we're going to inspect this house. I inspect this. I inspected this house a little while ago, and uh, we're going to go through the house and we're going to review it. We're going to review one of my home inspections. We're going to use the standards of practice as a guide to the inspection process. We're going to um, go over over five hundred inspection images from the inspection that I took. And we're going to read the 50 page inspection report afterwards. And along the way, we're going to find defects for sure. There's some defects in this house and we're going to talk about, we could do, we can talk about anything you want. So while we're reviewing a home inspection, we can talk about business, marketing, uh, inspection checklists and software and anything else, any other topics you'd like to talk about. And if you want to ask a question, feel free. There's a and a feature on your side, and I can see it on my side. Um, and you can ask questions there. And if you like the question, you can upload it. And if you like the chat, that's cool too. There's a chat feature. And maybe it'll go an hour or two, maybe longer, maybe shorter. Um, this is for, if you're attending the live webinar, um, you can upload CE credits for InterNACHI through your dashboard. You go to your dashboard, you log into NENACHI.org page at the top right corner. And you go to your um, official records, and you can click the button to add a credit or two, depending on how long this goes. One hour is one credit. Two hours is two. Two and a half credits is two and a half hours. It's a one-to-one ratio. If you're not a member and you'd like to join, and if you've never been a member um, and you'd like to have a free trial, uh, there is a one-month free trial membership and a code. Um, you go to natchi.org/free. Natchi.org/free and you enter the code webinar month, webinar month, one word. Um, Or if you'd like to join InterNACHI and uh, like a discount, um, you've never been a member, um, we also have that, nachi.org slash free, and you enter the code webinar. InterNACHI, we're the world's largest organization of residential and commercial property inspectors. Um, We have over 30,000 inspectors all over the world, and we're inspecting Every home and building on the world and uh, in the world, and our vision is to inspect every home and building. Um, It's really important to get every home and building inspected by a certified home inspector. It also can be part of a home maintenance plan. Um, The best way to maintain a home or building is to inspect it first, Um, and be aware of unaccredited schools, internachi. Uh, is a large organization, and inside the organization is a home inspector college accredited by the crediting agency of the US Department of Education, internachi.edu. Watch out for those unaccredited schools. And natchi.org slash webinars. If you wanted to go and watch a video recording or register for the next upcoming webinar, um, free, online, interactive, and open to everyone, members and non members alike slash webinar and there's our podcast. slash podcast And if you, um, we talk about marketing and getting online, getting your business online, and Google Business Profile and things like that. Getting free job leads from Internachi. Um, if you don't have a website, man, you got to get one. And that's at slash website Nachi.org/website. Okay, let's inspect this house. Uh, it took me about three hours to inspect the house. Um, this is in a cold climate, northeast. Pennsylvania, um, suburbs of Philly, and it's got some fireplaces, obviously, but oh, let me turn on this big arrow thing. This is like my favorite thing, my big arrow. So it's got two chimneys here. Um, right now, I, I, I know it's a two-story house, probably a couple bedrooms, a couple bathrooms. There's a garage. It looks like it was attached um, later on. I'm not sure. So I know I have probably a heating system, maybe a fireplace, I'm not sure which one. Um, and I probably have a basement. Um, this neighborhood has basements and it looks like a, a nice house to walk around. It's detached, it's not a townhouse. And I've got some trees overhanging. Mm, you know, It's Pennsylvania, so it kind of rains. So I'm gonna pay attention to the grading. And what I do is I like to get there early just to scope out the house. So I can do two home inspections a day. One scheduled at 8 a.m., the other one scheduled at 12, right through my lunch, right? Because I want to get home around 4.35, so my day starts early at around 7, and I'll be home before 5. It's a, it's not a regular job. You know, I'm working for myself. I'm a home inspector, making a great living, so I put in extra hours, but it's a lot of fun. And here's my schedule. Um, it's all about time management. So I go to the inspection early, uh, about 15 minutes early, because I know I can do the roof, the roof inspection. And um, oh, this is the wrong house. So 745 to eight o'clock, I'm going to show up early and do the roof inspection. And then eight o'clock, my clients show up and we're in the front yard talking about the house and I'm already done with the roof and I put my ladder away. Or I'm done flying with my drone. I put my drone away. Or I already took a look at the roof from the vantage points, binoculars and things like that. And I put all that away. Maybe a scope, uh, a stick, right? Non-conductive stick. Mm -hmm. So I want to meet my clients. I don't want to take them up on the roof. I want to meet them at 8 a.m. right when they pull up into the driveway. I don't park in the driveway. Let my clients park in the driveway. First impressions, never get a a chance to do a a second impression. So big smile, um, mouthwash, uh, handshake, and lots of business cards. I pass them out and I I tell them about the condition of the roof because it only takes me about 15 minutes to assess the condition of the roof, to inspect the roof covering. And then I tell them what I'm going to do. I'm going to go around the exterior. They're welcome to follow me. They usually don't and then we're going to go inside and then I'm going to do the big lifting, the heavy lifting, I call it the big systems, HVAC, plumbing, trace, drain, drain waste vent and hot water, Plum, water coming in, plumbing and water going out in the hot water and then electrical and foundation. That's another big chunk. And then the rest of it is easy peasy. I mean, attic, once I get in the attic around 10 o'clock, I know that I'm basically done. I've managed my time well, and I got to get into the attic in about two hours in, I'm in the attic. I'm looking at the insulation and ventilation and I'm coming out of the attic and I'm doing the interior and I'm w- working my way to the kitchen. And I like to get to the kitchen before my third hour is up. Right. And I finish everything up and I get paid and I get paid about 300, 400, $500 um, depending on what I'm doing. If it's a small townhouse one, bedroom condo or something will charge less than 400. If it's a big 4,000 square foot house, four bedrooms will charge more. If if it's larger, um, longer away, large distance away, or a very old house will charge more. But basically it's that. And then the profit comes with the ancillary inspection fees. So I don't like to do a home inspection alone. I like to do a home inspection in a wood Destroying organism inspection, or a radon test as well, or maybe a a, a water or uh, water quality test if it's on a well, or a mold test, or a pool inspection. Okay, something else. And then at the end of the day, I know that I've made, I've done two inspections, I've managed my time well, I made about five hundred dollars per inspection, so I'm bringing home a thousand dollars gross. That's pretty good. And every inspector in your company should be doing that as well if they're doing two inspections a day. Now, how do I increase gross revenue? InternetG is great at two things. We leverage our size to give you membership benefits and discounts because we negotiate with our vendors. So you keep your money. We keep everything low or free like this webinar. It's free. And we also help you increase gross revenue. We help you make money and grow your business. And one of the ways you can grow your business is with ancillary or additional inspection services, right? And here's how you get it. So to increase gross revenue, get trained and certified in additional types of inspections. Don't just become a home inspector and attain the certified professional inspector CPI designation. That's not enough. I mean, you make a great living doing that, but what you really want to do is get certified in something else, maybe mold or maybe um, deck inspections or roof inspections or um, moisture or infrared, right? Mm -hmm. And you go to natchi.org slash certification in order to find the additional types of inspection certifications. And then you bundle, you bundle. People love bundling. I mean, what's McDonald's? Happy bag. What's it called? I don't eat there. Happy something, happy meal. You know, there's things attached to it. It's like um, upselling, right? When you sell somebody a particular service and then you want them to buy something related in addition to, right? Would you like fries with that? Ancillary services are like fries. To start a home inspection, you have to have a base, a minimum, a standard, and InterNACHI has the best home inspection standards or practice. NACHI.org slash SOP. And if you're new, or if you're a veteran inspector and you've done this for 10 years, go back and look at your inspection process. I know many veteran inspectors who don't have a tight inspection process where you'll find them, um, they're very knowledgeable and experienced and they can do a home inspection, but they're kind of like going here and there. And no matter what pops up, oh, They go around the corner and oh, here's something different and oh yeah, I'll go backwards and you'll see them going back and forth in the house, trying to piece everything together. Um, Or they might be influenced by their client. Their client may be taking them through the house because they're interested in this. Oh, but I saw this upstairs and then I, your client will want you to go down here right now. You have to have an inspection process that is efficient with your time because this makes you money managing your time going all over the place and not sure where you are and just hoping that you can get to the the next job or end this in time um, that doesn't make you money the very successful home inspectors and actually any business person any business professional is very good with their time right it's concise Their their process is efficient. It's a step-by-step, and it helps reduce mistakes and errors. You don't forget anything when you have a process. It's kind of like following a checklist. And it all starts with the standards of practice, the home inspection standards of practice of internetg. That's the best. So we're going to refer to the standards of practice throughout this training session. When I get to the property, I get there early, set things up. I bring my bag to the front door. I set up my ladder, I go up on a roof, take pictures of the roof and come down. And when I'm inspecting the roof in about 15 minutes, that's really all it is. I'm also using my mobile device. Good thing I good thing I drank my coffee. I just knocked it over my cup. Um, I use my mobile device, right? And my software is on my mobile device and I'm carrying it with me because I want to be efficient with my time. So while I'm inspecting, I'm looking at my software, and it's telling me what to inspect and what I don't have to inspect. And when I'm done with the roof inspection, I'm done with inspecting it, describing it, reporting it, and writing it. Now, when I meet my client, I just tell them the summary of the roof. The roof covering is in good shape. Okay. Now it takes me 15 minutes. So you have to practice as well. If you're brand new, you should be practicing inspecting your home about 10 times and then offer to inspect your neighbor's home, your friend's home, family member's home, buddy's home uh, for free. Don't have any clients yet. You need experience and confidence. You need to use your software. You need to be efficient with your inspection process. You got to get this down right. Nobody wants to attend a six-hour home inspection. Right. If you're spending more than five minutes in a bathroom, you're wasting people's time, yours especially. you got two precious things in this business. Your money, and we help you save money, keep money in your pocket by joining InterNACHI, and time. I get up on the roof. You don't have to. You do not have to walk upon any roof surface. Even if it's flat, it's just a roof surface. Even if it's a flat roof, one story tall, you're not required to walk upon any roof surface according to home inspection standards of practice. Now, you may be in a state, I can't remember which one it is. They actually have you walk on the roof if you can, but it's really your judgment call. If it's unsafe to, you don't have to. And you can disclaim it. If you can't see the roof, you have to disclaim it. So be careful. Try to get on the MLS and look at the properties while you're scheduling it to see if it's a flat roof and can you get on there? It's, it's a third story flat roof, and you can't see it from the ground. Any other vantage points? Is there an access uh, hatch? Is there a ladder on the outside? How do you get to a roof that you can't see, right? Well, um, InterNechee has a, a drone pilot course that helps you prepare for taking the FAA pilot exam. Maybe you wanna do that. I am trained, I've built homes, I've installed many roofs myself, I've walked on roofs. I don't like uh, steep slopes, but this one is, you know, 312, 412, 312. And uh, I don't mind getting up on this roof. So I carry big ladders on my truck, and I get up on the roof. And then this is what you have to compete with. If you and I are in the same market, how are you going to provide a better service than me? Cause if you can't see the roof like this, then I kind of got you right in the market. I like to put that in my marketing. I put that picture on my website. So maybe you go with the drone and that's really good. That kind of, that's really good. It almost beats me, I think. So it's, I'm not sure which one's better, but I can touch the roof. I can feel the granular surface. I can feel if the shingles are brittle, or soft. So I might have an advantage, but hey, you have to wonder, how are you going to thoroughly, completely, competently inspect the roof covering material for your clients? If you're not getting on the roof, how are you getting up? Maybe you can just go to the gutter edge. Maybe you can go to the rake board or gable or you know, get up there. But when I get up on a roof, if you're going to, do it safely. It's not a safe... Act. Um, if you're not trained or confident, don't go up on a roof. But when I do go up on a roof, I look at everything. I look at every surface, every plane, and I take a picture of everything. I'll take probably 30 pictures of the roof. Maybe nine of them will appear in the report. But you know, I'm taking pictures because it's, it's digital, it's free. And I'm looking at anything that penetrates the roof or comes in contact with the roof abuts it or bumps into it or is connected to it or touches it and these are flashing areas of vent pipes so it's probably a bathroom kind of thing kitchen is the main stack and it's got flashing around it some neoprene rubber membrane some metal flashing and it's tucked under there and the roofer put some sealant there Uh, you don't need the sealant if it's installed but i like i like it looks really good. This is the second one on the other side of the house. Not bad at all. It's a very tight installation, Installation, really good. And there's other things that penetrate through the roof. This is a um, roof vent, a fan, powered fan. Um, Sometimes they're cracked and damaged. These fasteners, they're never stainless steel. There's always rusting and there's flashing around here too. It's the same thing. There's a hole, you cut a hole through the roof shingles and the underlayment and the sheathing, and you install something through it. And that looks really good. And then a couple of things, like this is pretty minor. It's the plastic cover, leaf guard, screen, whatever you want to call it on the, on the gutters. Um, probably some squirrels uh, like to get in there. And the squirrel likes to get in there too, right there. That's a nice chew right there. And there's the electrical line. So this is the Overhead conductors, the service line coming in is probably a drip loop here, and it comes up. And it's, this is attached here, and it, um, oh, it's probably fastened somewhere else. Um, and then this is the drip loop, and it droops up, and it goes back down, and there's probably an electric meter there. And I can see a tree, and it looks like a, a window well cover, a half circle there, plastic. So while you're inspecting, there's the attachment point. While you're inspecting, and the connections of the electrical line, um, and there's the air conditioner there. While you're inspecting one thing, you're looking at other things as well. And There's a chimney, a masonry chimney, brick, and it's got a, a cap on the top or a wash, and some of the concrete is cracked a little bit here. Not bad. There's the interior flue. You're not required to inspect the interior of any chimney stack. And this looks good, the cap and the screen. And that bolt there looks a little rusty. I would take it off if I can, and just to look inside. Um, I go a little further, I exceed the standards of practice if I can. Sometimes when I look, you know, inside a chimney stack, I can see things. And then this isn't any good. You never need to use a lot of black tar, sealant, or silicone or paint. Of any kind on flashing that's properly installed so if this was properly installed we wouldn't have this problem here so we have a problem here this is a this is a band-aid it's not a permanent solution there's a problem somebody came up and slapped a lot of roof tar there and that's not going to work now does it um, leak is it raining right now it's probably not leaking maybe there's signs of vindications of Prior leaks, or maybe that's the reason why somebody went up there. Um, it's not properly installed, and it's probably going to leak in the future um, when it, this cracks open, and it will because um, it's not a permanent thing. We we want to see nice metal flashing bent over, maybe grooved inside in a diagonal cut along the masonry or inside every um, mortar joint, stepping down, and it's covering over, and the step flashing is stepped with every row of the shingles. So that's a concern right there. That's going to be in my report. That needs to be fixed. Um, Here's the top. I take a look at that. Maybe a little repair there is needed. Not bad. Masonry looks good. That looks good. That's not. This is not good. There's flashing under there. I bet there's an open edge of flashing here where the step flashing comes up and there isn't a counter flashing or cover flashing. So we're missing something here. Not sure what's going on, but this is not the correct repair. That's not gonna last. And then I can't take this off. Um, This is rusted. I'm not gonna break anything. Um, Sometimes when you crank it and try to open it up, Maybe if I could just loosen it and then wiggle this up, I can take a look down here. I like to take a look down the flu. Um, I'm not required to, but sometimes when I do and I see a hole in the interior flu liner, that's no good. When I see deterioration or maybe even missing, uh, missing liner, um, that's not good, and so I'll put it in the report. If I don't see anything, I'm not going to comment on the condition of the interior flu. I won't say, oh, the, the interior flu of the fireplace is in great shape. Let's see. By the way, is this a fireplace? No. Fireplaces are usually rectangular. This is a square flue. Something this is a heating system. I've got an oil fired burner appliance, heating system, or gas, something. Um oil would be a lot dirtier, so it's probably a gas. Ah, here's the rectangular flue, rectangular stack, masonry. This is probably a fireplace here. And if you're in an area without um, if you're in a warm climate, that's good. This is what we got to do in cold climates. We got to deal with chimney stacks and fireplaces. Um, and so I can see right here that this needs to be repaired. We've got some open holes for water. So no matter where you are, let's say you don't inspect chimneys because in your area, there are no fireplaces. It's just a fun exercise. Think, Imagine water running, uh, falling down and hitting this um, cap on the fireplace and then dripping down we need to divert this water away. And right now you got an open hole, you got an open hole, open holes, open hole. And this can get in and water um, can do amazing things. It can destroy things. So we want to divert that water away from this chimney stack. The stack itself looks pretty good, but again, same contractor, same flashing problem, same repair attempt, and there's the holes there right we want water to oops that's going to be repaired and we want water to be diverted around and fall through and that's not happening here we don't water we, we don't want water to go inside a chimney stack like there and I can't get that off either that's stuck and that flashing is improperly installed I think the counter flashing is missing I can see step flashing but the flashing that covers it, the counter flashing, we call it, that should be installed. So same condition on both stacks where they intersect the roof covering material. That's a defect, two defects on the roof. Gutters, they look pretty good. Gutter edge, that looks pretty good. Same as there, that's nice. And then when I'm coming down from the roof, I'll come down, maybe I have that secondary um, lower roof section above that garage on the right side, if you remember. I'll take a look at the, the gable and the, the soffit and the eaves, and maybe I'll pull up the edge of the roof here to see if there's one layer of shingles or two. There's the end there. Squirrels didn't do anything there. And when I'm coming down, I'll take a look at the siding, make sure it's diverting water away. And I'll take a look at the head flashing or the flashing around or the, the trim around the windows. And then I'm down on the secondary. This is the roof over the garage. This is going towards the back. And I think it's um, kind of neat there. Same condition, same asphalt, three tab shingles. There's the front porch roof. Not bad. Front porch roof. I don't see anything wrong with the roof covering materials. Um, again, I'm looking at other things when I'm coming down. There's a lot to look at. There's the gutter. There's the fascia. I guess you call this the eaves, but... It's really not an overhang. There's siding here, and they cut the siding, and they put the flashing, the J-channel for the window. And then there, the window was a different size. I think the original one was pulled out, and so they had to make up for the distance between this window and the original opening of the window. So there's a lot of flashing going on here. It was done well, done well. Looking good,
1: aluminum flashing, aluminum siding.
0: Not bad at all up, so when the roof section over the garage intersects with the house brick, the same kind of thing with the chimneys, right, it's just gooped up with flashing, and we've got some deterioration of the wood trim, no big deal there, but it's this. I see the step flashing with every row, but the counter flashing is missing, and so that could be a problem. I'm going to try to remember to inspect that now same thing here here's a stack going through the garage roof i'm trying to remember to inspect all these intersections i love it where there's two different types of material coming in contact with each other and right here is a really cool spot there's three right there's the aluminum siding roof covering materials and the masonry chimney stack all this stuff has to be done really well it's basic building standards with water diversion in mind you have to divert water away it's always like covered away it's layered and pushed away you got to push that away so if you're in an area that rains a lot it's really exciting to think about where that water is going where that water is going you want to keep you know a healthy home is a dry home so you want to keep that home nice and dry get that water away anywhere there's the roof intersecting with like the house siding so this is a wall flashing, this is step flashing, side wall and head wall or whatever you want to call it. There are terminologies, we can go over that in just a little bit. And there's that attached garage. Um, I don't think this shingle roof is original to the house because they attached this garage. And there is the vent, right? There's the gable vent. We saw the roof fan and the gable vent. That's the ventilation. Remember the eaves? They weren't really soffits, soffit vents there, so. Okay, so now we got a good picture of the roof. If you don't know how to inspect a roof, step-by-step, step, don't have a checklist, don't know what to inspect, not sure what to say, that's no problem, no problem at all. Go to our education page, go to any NACI.org page, go to get started, scroll down to the training and education, get to our education page, there's a little search feature for searching for courses, type in roof and there you'll get a ton of roof courses. I recommend this one, how to perform roof inspections course, how to perform roof inspections. And it's a really good course. And we talk like this section has the difference between roof slope and pitch. What is the difference between there? You wanna use the word slope. Pitch is, I'll show you what pitch is, ready? This is pitch (laughs) and roof slope is that this is roof slope and that's pitch okay uh if you don't know how to use a ladder don't use a ladder until you take some kind of ladder safety course and we have a couple actually so you go back to the education page and type in ladder And ladder safety training courses right there. We also have videos on it as well. It's a really good course. How do you set up a ladder safely? How do you use a ladder? How do you climb a ladder? How do you put a ladder away? Why would you use a ladder? If you don't want to use a ladder to get up on a roof, we help you get trained to take that FAA pilot license exam. And now, um, if you're flying for commercial purposes, you definitely have to get a FAA pilot um, uh, certification from the FAA. You got to take an exam. And if you want to fly for fun, you have to take an exam. And we have a course to help you take that exam. It's a recreational exam, just for fun now. If you want to fly for fun, you have to have taken that exam. Um, Here's a a little illustration that that helps you learn about, about flashing and step flashing and counter flashing. And it also helps you explain in your inspection reports what the heck you're talking about. So this is a, a pretty decent illustration where you've got some counter flashing covering the step flashing that tucks under the layers of shingles. And you can download these illustrations from natchi.org gallery, our gallery of illustrations. That'll help you explain what is going on here and why this at the brick and chimney isn't good either. Now we we're talking about water, right? water is a lot of fun to see um, when you're a trained home inspector and sometimes it causes mold and wood damage and things like that but in order to see things that other inspectors don't see in order to see things that other inspectors can't see with their eyes in relation to moisture intrusion water penetration water problems roof leaks at flashing areas you should get an infrared camera um there are four or five, six hundred dollars, whatever, but it allows you to see things that no one else can. So it's a great investment. I, if you're new, I would make some money first. Do about 10 inspections, 20 inspections first, build up some money, and then invest in a really nice tool like infrared, right? And you can become infrared certified at nachi.org slash certification. nachi.org slash certification. Finally, we're getting to the standards of practice. Standards of Practice tells you what you're supposed to inspect and what you don't have to inspect. And right here, it says roof covering materials. You are required to inspect the roof covering materials. You're not required to inspect the roof system. Our system is the whole thing with all of its components, all of its parts, right? A system comprises of many different parts and you're not required to inspect the entire system, roof system. You're required to inspect what? the roof covering materials, that, that phrase is really important. It's even in the International Residential Code, roof covering materials, exterior covering materials. Roof covering materials is this, that's all you can see. Home inspectors are not required to comment on fasteners because we can't see them. They're not required to inspect and comment on report upon underlayment because we can't see it or the sheathing or the fastening of the sheathing, right? Or the step flashing or the counter flashing. Sometimes we can't see any of that stuff. What we're required to inspect is listed in the standards of practice. You can exceed it and look for other things and report upon, describe and report upon other things. But according to the standards of practice, you were required to inspect the roof covering materials. And I did that. The gutters, I did that. Required to inspect the downspouts. Okay, when I come off my ladder, I meet my client, I tell them I'm gonna do the exterior and then I inspect the downspouts. There's one here at the corner of the house, diverting water away. This is really nice. Mm -hmm. The siding is not being buried by the, the ground. The water is being diverted away from the house. This one here is not being diverted away from the house. It kind of splashes around here. I can just imagine a lot of water puddling up around here, getting underneath the concrete slab settling. This is a load bearing post. It's a big mess. So it's very easy to divert water away from the house. This one is excessive. So they have not only a splash block, but they have a drain pipe, right? But it's good. Get water away from the house. It looks like they were maybe concerned because maybe they weren't diverting water away from the house and it was affecting this corner. And we've got some mortar joints that are worn out. According to the standards of practice, we have to inspect vents. Got it. Roof fan, remember that roof fan? Remember the gable vent? And There's another gable vent on the other side of the house. So I know there's an attic space in here. We're required to inspect the flashing. We've got flashing problems, right? It could be there, it could be installed, but it's not installed properly. Not supposed to see this. And there's flashing around the vent pipes anything that penetrates through the roof and there's flashing where the roof meets a wall maybe of the house right the siding and we have an illustration to help you with that remember it's at nachi.org gallery so you've got the the components of this flashing area right you can't see all these components but here they are and they're all layered together in relation to diverting water away from the house, all layered in a way that diverts water away from the house. And so we inspected this little guy, that's observable, right? That's the flashing. And it's the siding is the counter flashing. And so if we go back up, there's the flashing, that's nice. And siding is the counter flashing and this is the roof covering materials. Those are the three things we can see, seems to be in good shape. And to explain what we're doing and seeing, inspecting, and describing and reporting, you can use an illustration from InterNACHI's gallery in your inspection report. It really makes the inspection report, like my report that we're gonna go over, makes it look really good. Skylights, we don't have any skylights. Chimney, we got some chimneys. We got two chimneys, heating system, fireplace. We got flashing problems, right? And also some mortar that's missing. And other roof penetrations. We, we saw the other roof penetrations and the structure from the roof uh, of the roof from the panels and doors and stairs. That's basically the attic. If you can get in the attic. So I don't go in the attic first. I do it around uh, two hours in. I'll be in the attic space. Um, some inspectors start in the attic and they want to inspect underneath before they get up on the roof. That's fine. Whatever your inspection process is, make sure you have one, write it down and follow it and hopefully it's concise and helps you be efficient with your time. So the inspection of the under roof attic space, for me actually comes later in the inspection process, but into the standards of practice, it's tucked with the roof section. You're required to describe things, you're required to inspect, describe and report every system. And so we have to describe the roof covering materials, three tab asphalt shingles, required to report any roof leaks or need of correction of observed indications of active roof leaks. I didn't see any in this house, nothing active. But I'm going to make recommendations to make those corrections at the flashing. Exterior. So imagine I'm at the house. My client pulls up in the driveway with the real estate agent, and I shake their hand, and I tell them about the condition of the roof. I've already tucked away my ladder. I don't let it out. I don't want anybody climbing the ladder um, just for safety. And uh, I'm gonna do the exterior and they can walk around with me. it's gonna be about 15 minutes. And I'm gonna see a lot of things, a lot of different systems. Like I'll probably see them. Let me remember the uh, electrical system. We saw the the window well, we saw the air conditioner unit. Um, I'm gonna see a lot of things, but that's the exterior. Now I'll have a section in my report for exterior, but if I come across another system like electrical, I'll just simply flick and jump to the electrical section in my report, in my software, and I'll make my comments and then I'll go back. So we'll we'll go through that as well. So to inspect the exterior, there's a standard to which you perform that inspection. If you want to learn how to perform an an inspection of the exterior, you go to our education page, any page, go to get started, training and education, and then you type in the search field exterior. We've got a couple there. I recommend this one, how to inspect the exterior course. It's a good course. Okay. Let's close a couple of those tabs there. And according to the standards, this is what we have to inspect. It seems like a lot, but it's pretty easy. So, well, we'll go over that later. Here's my inspection of the exterior. So I start at the front and I move around the house. I probably am gonna go around this house twice. No more than twice, but maybe twice. That'd be a good loop around. And I do the same pattern over and over again for every house that I can walk around. It's clockwise, go around this way, go around this way, go around this way. So I'm going around the bend and I'm looking at things. Well, this, we already saw the downspout, the grading looks good, where the siding is. That's not too loose. That's okay. And I go around the corner and I'm seeing, oh, there's a concrete patio in the back with a brick. And that looks like a dryer vent, but it has ductwork on it. And I can't see everything because there's personal items. I don't, I'm not required to uh, move them. And then there's the brick exterior. It's really nice, a little exposed foundation. So that's good. And there's a window well, looks like maybe a kitchen window, maybe a bedroom. It's probably a bathroom. Maybe that's a bathroom window. And then there's little patching here, like this area here, it got some water puddling up and they threw in some asphalt or something. I don't know what's going on there to divert water away from that corner. I'll try to remember that in the basement. There's the chimney stack on the side of the house. There's the air conditioner unit here. I see electric meter, service line, window well, another window well. There's a garden hose holder. So I know that that's a spigot hose bib and the grating is sloped away. So that's good. There's a lot of, vegetation there I can't see everything so that's going to be an inspection restriction in my report and then there's the siding the windows um, and then I'm at the front again I'm gonna go around again so I'm taking a look where the front porch meets the front of the house and there's a little crack in settlement doesn't look too bad and there's something going on there I can't really see and the front porch left and this is right um, this looks good and then the front door that step looks good no no deterioration, no wood rot there. And then the sidewalk, no trip hazards there. And the driveway looks great. No trip hazards or major cracks. There's a the main vent stack for this public sewer and the asphalt looks good. And the bottom of the garage door and the door, door panels look really good. And so I'm going around and I'm looking at the siding again. The back side of the siding looks really good. And I, we already saw this from the roof and there's a spotlight there and the spotlight here there's the underside of this they don't want squirrels or birds to go into this little opening where the double beam is the load bearing beam and there's a little overhang little detail of a bracket and spotlight and looks good i don't see any problems with the siding looks really tight this looks like a little flat area with maybe when it rains really hard it kind of you know pours a little bit there and puddles not sure. And there's window well covers, like every window of the basement. So there's a full story below ground level. And there's a window well, there's a window in the wall, foundation wall. And there is a well, a window well, it's like a half circle. Um, It's not really a a fire and rescue uh, escape. It's just a window. And they've got these nice new plastic covers, the stickers even on it. So, and then there's, you know, some moisture here and some puddling. So, Now I'm thinking, hmm, maybe there's some issues with water penetration going in. So I open up a window well, and I look inside, and it's filled with dirt and stone, and there's dirt coming through the sides. There's mud, and I don't think it drains. Hmm, And it's real close. It's coming in to the window. Hmm. So I'm going to keep that to myself. I'm just going to pay attention to how all this water is pushing the dirt through the window well, and this... Where things touch, right? I like to expect where two different materials, two different components intersect. So there's this, and there's this coming in, and on the other side, I wrap around again. There's a tree stump. Ideally, you would grind that down and get rid of it. This is um, this is like candy for termites and carpenter ants. It's just an open invitation. You know, ever been to a a uh, farm or, or something like that. And, you know, they call you in for their ding, 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 ding. You got that thing. ding ding, ding. That's what this is. Dinner. So you got to get rid of that, right? And then this was patched up. There's a little rot. There We actually have a tree course, how to inspect trees, which might be uh, interesting to you. You don't have to. But anything that's near a house, I may take a look at it and just comment on what we've got here. Something to monitor in the back you got a sloping concrete floor that's really nice because a lot of it is exposed to the rain so you want to have that nice slope not not a trip hazard just a nice gradual slope i think it's can't remember what it is but it's a nice gradual slope there's a percentage in the code international residential code just a nice slope should be sloping it should not be a negative slope a negative slope is where this is actually sloping towards the house. We don't want that. We don't wanna be catching water with a hard surface and directing it towards the house. We wanna be directing it away from the house, sloping it, not pitch, sloping it away from the house, sloping it away from the house. And I see a crack here. That's normal. They didn't control the crack. They just let the concrete crack by itself. It's all right. And maybe there was some trim here before and they they took it away and that's fine. There's white, white paint and silicone, then they added this load-bearing post. So I'm not too concerned about the crack. It's not a trip hazard. It's not structural. It's not part of the house. And while I'm looking around, like the downspout, I see this pipe here. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to just guess. I'm not going to tell my client that I know what this is when I actually don't. But what I am going to say is, I don't know what this is. But I'm going to try to find out. And I'm gonna put in a report, if I can't find out, put in a report as a request to the seller to tell us what this is. You know the homeowner knows what this is. There's some story behind it. So I'm gonna do my best. There's another pipe here too. Now I'm thinking,
1: what is are all
0: these pipes? Next to the downspouts. Oh, sump pumps. I bet there's a sump pump in the basement and it's discharging outside. And I'm not sure where these pipes go. So it's a good question. Oh, there's another one. Well, third pipe. I think there are three sump pumps. I'm a little concerned about, and I can't possibly follow this. I don't know where this is going. This bush here is really close to the the house foundation, and there's a lot going on in here. Like This is a low area. It looks kind of muddy and wet. There's an old downspout discharge pipe here, a splash block. There's, There's something going on with water right? Indications of what, I'm not going to say anything right now, but I don't know. Like and this is an old um, window well cover. It's been grown over and the ground has crept up to meet it. So I try to open it up. It's cracked. I take a look inside. It's just filled with debris, just like the other one. There's a third one. This one here is interesting because there's two window wells. Can you see them? There's two of them. I think I know why. This one here is original to the house. And then they had water problems and water kept coming in. So they added dirt around the house to get that slope away from the house. You want to, the ground around the house to slope away, like six inches for the first 10 feet around the perimeter of the house. But when they added more dirt, this was too short. So they got another window well, another half circle, and added another one on top. Now I see efforts to fix water problems around the house. Okay, so I can't wait to get in the basement. Kind of excited. This is the fun stuff of being a home inspector. This one here is under the bushes. I crawled under there. Uh, you can see the rusted window well and the, the cover isn't, so you know, it's probably some some water intrusion going on there. And that's the window well there under the bushes. And when I was coming back out, I almost tripped on this and that's an electrical box. So you bump into things literally. And that's the one thing I want you to get out of this class is that when you have an inspection process and a standard by which you inspect and you follow that standard, you are efficient with your time, you provide a really great service, you reduce the number of mistakes you make, and then the defects that may exist in a home literally pop out at you. You'll pass over defects. You will skip them if you don't have an inspection process and you're just moving from one place to another and you're jumping here to there, to there, to there, to there. But if you have an inspection process and you do it the same way, same time, same pattern, then a defect will literally jump out at you and trip you. And that's exactly what happened here. Like I found a defect. There's an electrical box and it's, Broken and it's open up, and there's electrical components. And this is an electrical problem here. That's actually cut there. There's water there, and this is rusted here. I'm sure this breaker has tripped. This can't be GFCI protected. This can't be, and uh, this is no good, right? So I'm going to take a look at that. And I bet, like at the electrical panel, there's something going on. I'm just going to guess. Like they have this nuisance breaker, it keeps tripping every time it rains. Um, Here's the water meter, uh, ex- exterior sensor, so you can get a uh, reading, there's some cable and phone lines and there's a hose bib, they call it a hose bib, I don't know why, but a, it's a spigot, water spigot, water faucet with a hose on the outside. You can test it. There's another, another one on the other side and it's been bent. So I pushed this down, stepped on it, cranked it, hit it, um, pulled on it, and then this is bent here. And this is not frost-free either. So hose bibs are sub- that are subject to um, freezing temperatures, including frost-proof hose bibs, they should have their stem extended through the building insulation into an open heated or semi-conditioned space. There should also be an accessible shutoff valve installed on the water supply pipe that leads the hose bib on the inside of the house. And this is an illustration to help explain all that. There's a frost-free hose bib, there's a the siding, there's a band rim joist, and there's a long stem to a valve. There's a water supply pipe, okay? Um, still going around the house. Um, I don't know what this is. I don't think it's a dryer vent. It looks too clean. That's too clean, and it has a screen, and there is no lint. I think it's a bathroom exhaust fan, or maybe it's a kitchen exhaust fan, something. Uh, If I don't know, I'm not going to say. I'm just going to look. That looks pretty good. It's installed. It can't be a dryer vent. We can't have a screen on a dryer exhaust. Here's the dryer exhaust. It's pretty obvious. There's a lot of lint coming out. It's open. That's good. But it's been duct taped. So that's no good, right? Air conditioner, new to the house. Nice base. It's fantastic. I'm glad to see that. Got the label. Got the manufacturer. It's stable, pictures of the exterior, no damage, relatively new, sealed, installed well, electric disconnect. And then there's the electric meter box, electric meter, meter box. Um, There's the service entrance, uh, service line coming in. That one's going to electrical panel, I bet down in the basement. Um, All that line looks good, Little rust, minor, no big deal, no damage, Um, looking really good. I don't see a grounding. Usually like a grounding conductor, but grounding electric conductor, I can't see it. It's okay, if you can't see it, you can't see it. So that's the exterior. That's about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. And this is all the things that we're required to inspect. The exterior wall covering materials, we did that. Soffit eaves and fascia, we did that. Represented a number of windows. Can't inspect every window, second floor windows are two away. Um, All exterior doors, we did that. Flashing and trim, adjacent walkways and driveways, stairs, tubes, stairways, and ramps, we did that. Porches, patios, and decks, and balconies, and core ports. Remember that crack in the concrete? Um, Railings, guard handrails, we don't have any. Vegetation, yeah, we've got some vegetation problem in that old um, tree stump and the, the damage to the existing tree and some dense vegetation. Surface range, we got some concerns about surface range. Retaining walls, none of those. And the grading around the property. Remember that? Yeah, the grading around the property where it may adversely affect the structure due to moisture intrusion. I think that's our concern. I'm not going to say anything to my client quite yet. I'll tell them. I'm not going to make any conclusions at all. That's not my job. My job is to inspect, describe, and report and make correction, uh recommendations to make corrections if needed. So I'm just going to hold off on that until I get in the basement. We're required to describe the type of exterior wall covering materials, that's pretty easy, and report any problems with um, railings. Okay, the next big system, do you remember, is heating. And the heating takes me about 15 minutes, that's it. Let's have two systems, then that's a half an hour. And they're split, maybe one in the attic. But this one has one heating system. And it's not that, not that bad to inspect a heating system. 15 minutes, right? Turn it on, turn it off. And there's a standard by which you do that using normal operating controls. That's why it doesn't have to take very long. I'm not an HVAC technician. I'm going to use normal operating controls, which basically means the thermostat. Here's the heating system and it's the cooling system as well. I can see the air conditioner here. Um, I don't know why they turned this around. Just but the heating system is, is here. It should be facing outwards so you can service it. So going around the corner, uh, finding installation. And then this is um, cold air return through an air filter. So it's forced air. I think it's a in it a heat pump. Or a gas, I see a gas pipe for the hot water tank. I bet it's a furnace, gas furnace. And so it gets heated up here, cooled off here. This is a humidifier, um, old humidifier to humidify that. The, air in the wintertime, because in cold climates, cold air is um, dry, so they like to humidify the air. Gas shutoff valve, every plant should have a fuel shutoff valve, so it is a gas furnace. And there's the gas furnace there, the pipes go in, a little drip leg, hard pipe coming in, there's the burner there. There's a draft inducer fan, sucks air through the burners, burner ports, um, gas line coming through, all looks really good, all the sensors. There's a shutoff switch, So, you know, there's a couple of ways you can do this. There's a step-by-step checklist that we recommend. It's in our home inspection checklists for gas, inspecting gas furnaces. Um, One of the things I like to do is uh, I turn the unit on with the thermostat upstairs. I call for heat and I come back down and I turn the unit off with a shut off switch. I pull the cover off and then turn the unit back on with the switch. Dink. I know I'm calling for heat still for the thermostat now I'm in control of the of the unit I turn the service switch on and I look and listen and I listen for the cycle. There's a bunch of things that happen in a cycle and we describe that in the um, in the course how to inspect a heating system. we it's also listed of what happens in a cycle for a gas furnace in our checklist and I can show you where those are. Oh, and then it goes through the cycle, and then I turn off the unit, go upstairs, I let the thermostat run for a little bit, come back down, turn it on, and then I go back and I turn the air conditioning on. It's not, it sounds really bad, but it's not. So it's back and forth a few times, three times. Um, And in that way, I get to watch the furnace turn on in a heating mode. I'm not going to heat up the whole house. I just want to hear the sequence of the burner and the draft inducer fan. And then I turn on the air conditioning. I don't want to cool off the whole house. I just want to see a little temperature difference. Um, Air filter is dirty. No big deal. That's in the the burner ports. They're clean. That's great. Nothing going on there. Igniter draft inducer fan. Um, I'm not concerned about any of this. Look great to me. Um, I know about half of what is going on here. I don't know everything. Don't need to. Um, Just a home inspector but i'm looking for anything like there's the motor there anything that's wrong one of the things i like to do is like I like to stick my hand in there don't um and make sure that this is not loose i like to wiggle it a little bit and see what's going on i like to look for um bad wiring disconnected wiring things that are maybe burnt um, or missing parts uh all the sensors should be there and by the time you get here Um, there's a sensor on the door panel, there it is, that turns the unit off, right? So there's a couple of things, that when you remove a panel, um, there's a safety switch that you're actually testing. And uh, all this looks good, the way the the flue connector goes into the chimney stack. Yep, and this is um, hot water tank, hot water source, smaller diameter, and this is um, the furnace. All right, that's the humidifier. Humidifies the air, there's a little control. Gas, free furnace, free gas furnace inspection checklist available at this terrible URL, I apologize. It's natchi.org slash home hyphen inspection hyphen checklist. If you like these slides, just email me, ben at and I can give you these uh, these resources. So here's our basic home inspection checklist. Um, This is the checklist. It's in a Word document. It's in Spanish. Um, It's a basic checklist for a laptop. um, And you can tweak it yourself. You can use it as a starting point. There's software, too. If you're starting off um, as a home inspector and getting trained and certified, we require you to use this home inspection checklist. It's some free software um, that works on any device. But it's basically asking you to go through the standards of practice and perform a home inspection. So you enter your um, inspection details, the property address, get to the roof section. Uh, let's, let's jump to the exterior, right? Let's jump to the exterior on the checklist. And I wouldn't give this um, report, you can convert it into a PDF. I wouldn't give it to a client. It's just for practice. So if you need practice, this is a great system use cheese home inspection checklist software. Exterior wall covering materials, um, no defects, right? Um, EVE software and fascia, no defects observed. Windows, no defects observed. All exterior doors, no defects. Flashing and trim of the ex- siding now is the exterior, no defects. Adjacent walkways, I don't have any problems with that. Steps, stoops, stairways and ramps, I don't have any problems with that, no defects observed. Um, porches, patios, decks, and carports. Um, no defects, but there was a crack in the concrete patio in the back. Monitoring is recommended. Okay, this is just for you. This isn't for your client, right? Uh, guards, handrails, and no problems with that. Vegetation, yep. So I have... Um, minor defect there's the tree that's there and there's the, the dense vegetation and inspection restriction right we going to go restricted access describe the type of exterior wall so you, you go through it's aluminum siding report did you any improper inspection. no and you continue to the basement right oh we can do roof if you wanted to the gutters downspouts um minor not not diverting water away from the house remember that one um and then there's flashing um major defect um the flashing around the chimney stacks and then right um general roof structure no defects i would go back when i get into the attic i would go back to the section and click that um it won't allow you to finish a section and uh, it'll be a check mark of green but this one is i wouldn't i'm not done yet so I, I still have to go through asphalt shingles report did you any roof leaks? No. Well, maybe I'll hold off on that, but I'll just say no right now. And that's what it looks like. So you can practice using a free inspection checklist, practice performing a home inspection. If you don't have software yet, you've got software now. Practice performing home inspections with InternetChase software um, on your home, own home 10 times and friend's home, family's home. Find a real estate agent in your neighborhood. Tell them what you're up to. You're... Uh, performing free inspections in order to keep busy and keep uh, on top of your game and you like to perform an inspection for free of their house Um, uh, is is that available yada yada and be all confidential and things like that so um, and then you get everybody that you inspect for for free as you're gaining experience you ask them for a google review right Mm -hmm. oh okay so let's close these out So that's the home inspection checklist. Did I I show you that checklist, home inspection? No, wait, sorry, I got home inspection checklist. So you go down and there's the gas furnace inspection checklist. So you open up the gas furnace inspection checklist. You can download the checklist right here. It's in a Word document so you can tweak it yourself. And then um, let's see, is it cycle? No, something else. Oh, here it is. Here's the burner switch and the gas shutoff valve and the fan system, induced motor and condensates and igniter and flame and air distribution system. And then there's a sequence of operation, right? We also talk about airflow and Delta T. So it's a really good checklist. We have lots of other checklists. There's a home energy checklist, mold inspection, pool and spa checklist, radon mitigation inspection check. Ever do a home inspection, there's a radon mitigation system where you can inspect it according to modern standards, see if it's installed properly according to modern standards, right? And you know someone's gonna say, well, it was built to code back then, right? Um, It's probably not working. According to the home inspection standards of practice, we have to inspect the heating system with normal operating controls, right? The thermostat, We got to describe where the thermostat is, the energy source and the heating method. And so the energy source is natural gas. And in this old home, the gas meter is on the inside. Personally, I don't like that, but it's okay. And then um, the heating method and it's ductwork. So we saw that ductwork, right? Report any heating system that didn't operate or was inaccessible. We didn't have that problem. Cooling, another 15 minutes, maybe even less. According to the standards of practice, we're required to inspect the cooling system using normal operating controls. It's the same thermostat for me. Here's the same unit. There's the refrigerant line, suction line, liquid line. There's a the condensate line coming from the, the drain pan of the coil and it drains, I'm following it. Hmm, pan drains down. Where's it drain to? Because I know I'm underground into a sump pump. Ah, where's the sump pump go? Well, I can't turn it on. I could fill this up. There's no float. It's interior float. So I'm just going to follow the discharge pipe. Mm, The power to the sump pump is not good. Here's the grounding uh, three-prong receptacle. And then it goes to a two-prong. And then it goes to a three-prong. And then it goes to an extension cord. And this is supposed to be tied to each other because they keep separating. And this is no good, right? You want a nice ground um connection. So this has to be fixed. And this shouldn't be in um, an extension cord. It should be really into a wall receptacle on its own breaker, maybe. Here's the discharge pipe. Found the sump pump discharge pipe. It doesn't go outside. It goes into the public sewer system, which is against code. We're not code inspectors, but you all should know the standard, plumbing standard. You're not supposed to put groundwater into your sewer system, uh, public sewer system. So you shouldn't be pumping groundwater from your sump pump into uh, your sewer line, your drainage line, your drain waste vent system of a house. It should be going outside. And it used to go outside. For some reason, they changed their mind. So this used to right here, right? And used to discharge outside. That's one of the two, three, four pipes that I saw outside. The seller knows what's going on. And I don't know what this is, some kind of sock or something. They they wanted to stop bugs and insects from crawling into the pipe. So instead of just removing the pipe properly and capping it, they stuck this, I don't know what this is. It's just a big mess, right? So this should discharge outside. Maybe you could use the same pipe, maybe not. Or maybe you can just get um, a contractor who knows what they're doing to make really good suggestions because this is not working and it's against code. But I'm not a code inspector. Um, and well, are there other? While I'm on the sump pump thing, I'm, I'm inspecting the cooling system right now, but I might as well keep on going. Are there other sump pumps? And what is their condition? It's the same condition. I'm going to take a picture of this and i to make sure that my client understands that This is moisture, and maybe it fills up during a rainstorm, right? I don't know. Likely, it fills up during, and looks like it gets kind of high, and there's no backup. There's no battery backup, and this is mud. This is a mud-covered sump pump in a damp hole, and it's a bottomless ground uh, hole. So if they have a radon problem, it's coming right out of here, and um, this is not a nice plastic, clean container. There's no cover on it. This is also plugged into an extension cord. This also goes outside. It's plugged into an extension cord. So the Now we have um, moisture issues, grading issues on the outside, indications of things going on on the outside, and indications of moisture intrusion and, and water problems on the inside. And the, the solution isn't very good. Um, there's extension cords being used. There's pipes going uh, in different directions, not really discharging anywhere. I can't find the ends of the discharge. Um, there's evidence of standing water and a lot of moisture in the sump pump containers, and there's plumbing issues with the discharge, for one at least. That's just a cooling system. <laughs> I'm still in a cooling system. I have to describe location of the thermostat and the cooling method. It's the same thing. It's ductwork. And uh, any system, any cooling system didn't operate or was deemed inaccessible. Plumbing. We did a little bit of that with the sump pump. According to the standard inspector, I have to inspect all this stuff. Well, I think of water coming in, plumbing and water going out. Water coming in is the public water, the the distribution water, the water that comes into the house, public water and then drain waste vent going out. That's how I think of water. And through a shutoff valve, through the meter, another shutoff valve, the meter itself has a little bit of rust on the bottom. I'm not concerned about it. I think it's just moist moisture going on, but I'm gonna rub my hand along the bottom of the meter. And if it comes out any rust that looks like a water streak, I'm gonna say it's leaking. Um, And there's the temperature check valve, uh, pressure uh, valve and check. And there's a little corrosion around the stem of the old water shutoff valve. And this is um, an active leak that has sealed itself. So this is a plumbing leak. If I scratch that and turn that, I can get that to leak, I can get that to drip. I'm not going to, that's just an indication Of an active leak, so it doesn't have to be wet for it to be an active leak, especially a plumbing leak at a valve. So if you're wondering what to say to a contractor, or a real estate agent, or a seller, or something, and um, they want to argue with you, you don't have to. Um, This is an indication of an active roof, uh, active plumbing leak that has sealed itself, and it's not. But if if you want to fool around with it, you can get it to be wet and dripping. There's the um, bonding wire to the water line. We can talk about that later. Now it's drain waste vent out. And this is a a serious problem. This looks like a toilet flange that is um, leaking upstairs somewhere. And that's an active leak. I don't need an infrared or a moisture meter to tell that. And I'm not using my hand either. Um, And then there's all this wood damage underneath. And this is what this rust is all about. So it's cast iron. Cast iron tends to show a lot of rust when it's uh, in pork shape, and then um, I use my screwdriver and I try to poke right about there. If it can go in, um, that means that cast iron pipe was paper thin. You should not be able to go through with your screwdriver. So I like to tap on metal pipes, especially drain waste pipes, not distribution. These look great. It was just that one toilet area that wasn't going very well. And I wanna see nice secured straps and supports every few feet, and the slope, not the pitch, the slope of the drain waste vent sewer pipe um, going in the correct direction, downhill. It's got to go downhill. Looks like they abandoned something. This could have been um, discharged for a laundry, maybe down in the basement. I'm not sure, but they kind of capped it off. They squeezed the copper, um, and uh, not sure why it's like that, but um, I think it's okay and then got some copper coming from the the sink or something above and there's the stack vent stack going up through the through the floors of the house and there's the clean out at the transition there's the hot water source so water coming in water coming out where's it get heated gas hot water tank 40 gallons gas drip not really long big drip but that's okay and it's not the best installation ideally it's right here the drip um, that's where you turn it. I don't turn it. I don't, don't turn the, I don't turn any gas valves. I don't turn any water valves. There's no need for me to do that. And if it turns on great, if it ter- doesn't turn off, that's not great. And I turned it on. So I'm responsible. There's an the old gas shutoff valve, old water valve. There's the flue. So cold water coming in, hot water coming out and the flu connection, vent connection TPR valve is missing. There are 14 requirements according to the International Residential Code for a TPR valve extension pipe, just the just the discharge pipe, 14 requirements. One of them is it has to be there and this one isn't at all. So that's an easy call on me. And I can inspect a hot water tank in several minutes according to my checklist. We have a checklist and it's on my phone and then even the 14 requirements for that discharge. Um, but that's an easy call because I'm following an inspection procedure. I'm, I'm inspecting this system over and over again in the same way. So here's what I'm required to inspect, the water supply shutoff valve, I did that. Fuel shutoff valve, did that. Water heating equipment, including TPR valves, did that. There's a TPR valve, missing, defect. Interior water supply, including all fixtures and faucets by running the water, I'll do that. I have to inspect all the toilets by flushing them, I'll do that. All the sinks, tubs, showers for functional drainage, I'll do that. I'll run water at the sinks, flush all the toilets, and do the showers. And then there's a drain waste vent system. Got a problem there. And the sump pumps. And we got a problem there. So we found some defects for sure. You have to describe whether it's public or private. It's public. Location of the water supply, fuel supply, location of the Um, Any other fuel storage tank, there's no fuel storage tank, in the capacity of the water system, it's 40 gallons. And I have to report as a need of correction all these things. Deficiencies in the water supply by viewing functional flow in two fixtures operated at the same time. I'll do that in the bathroom. Deficiencies in the installation of the hot and cold water faucets, I'll take a look at that. Active plumbing leaks, we've got that at the toilet tank, right? Uh, Toilet flange. Where is that guy, right there, yep. Um, Any leaks, any toilets that are damaged, loose components, leaking, tanks, things like that, I'll do that later. I really like this one, trying to find that toilet. You may get into into the bathroom and it's tiled and the tile looks great, and man, you can't tell a difference. There's nothing wrong. It's secured to the floor, looks great, but from underneath, that tiled floor and that toilet, there's something going on. It's always great to get underneath. Um, where are we? Electrical. Electrical is not very long. According to the standards of practice, there's a bunch of things I have to inspect. It looks overwhelming, but if you have a checklist on a mobile device, as you're inspecting, it's no big deal. Let's do it. Service drop, service drop. What's a service drop? Well, it's useful to use the same terminology as everyone else, contractors and code inspectors and, and good resources, the International Residential Code, to find out where, what all that stuff means, or internet is free online, how to perform a residential electrical inspections course. And we've got a section called Service Terminology, and we're gonna talk about oh, service entrance cables, um, sheathing, um, point of connection, Overhead service conductors, um, service drops, masts, laterals, meters, all that good stuff, GECs. And that's in the free online electrical course. And you can just take the court, open it up, and just look at the first section where it just goes over terminology. So we have to inspect this, the service drop. And that's right here, actually. So there's the service line coming from the utility company, and it's attached. More- Attachment point is right here. It's a little blurry, but it's right there. And then overhead service conductors, we saw that in the attachment point at the house. When we were on the roof, that's the connection there, the attachment point, and the service entrance conductors and overhead conductors. And the service head, gooseneck, drip loops, we got that. Service mask, conduit, raceway. We don't have an underground, we have overhead. Um, electric meter and base. There it is. We saw that service entrance conductors. We got that and that and that main disconnect. That's the electrical panel. That's coming up, and this is the main service disconnect. And has to be clearly marked. It should be main disconnect must be either inside or outside the house, as close to the service conductors where they are, where they enter the house. Can't be in a bathroom, and no more than six breakers can be used to disconnect the service conductors. Panel boards you have to inspect those. There's only one in this house, and overcurrent protection devices, that's circuit breakers and fuses. If that's an, if you find fuses, really should be replaced. And there's the panel there, the main panel in the basement. And it's labeled, got some labels, Cutler Hammer. That's the main panel with the disconnect. And this breaker has tape on it. Anytime I have a breaker with tape on it, something going on, um, everything's filled. Uh, I mean, sorry, everything's capped off. Um, They can expand if they wanted to, but this breaker has tape on it and I bet it has something to do with that. Remember that electrical box on the outside of the house? Something's going on. I bet it's connected, but it's not my problem to diagnose. I just know we have a problem with that box underneath the bush on the outside, right? It's supposed to be GFCI protected too. I don't see that either. Service lines, you got some um, modern wiring and some older cloth wiring. It's okay. Um, You're not required to remove the dead front cover. Um, It's hazardous. You can get a good shock. Um, It's not high voltage, but you don't need to remove the dead front cover unless your local authority that regulates home inspections, they require it, Um, but you don't have to. But I like to. I keep myself safe in doing it and That breaker, I don't know why it's taped. It looks okay, I don't know. Um, This one um, isn't used. So I got an extra breaker
1: here. Looks okay, looks good. I see that, no defects there.
0: See that, okay. Service grounding and bonding. I don't see a rod on the outside, upper end of the electrode should be flush with the ground or just below it. It's probably just below it, I'm not sure. If I can't observe it, I can't report upon it, I can't describe it. But if you find a grounding rod sticking up out of the ground, that's a defect, it should be pounded back in a little bit. But there's no grounding rod here. And bonding is required where needed to ensure electrical continuity and the ability to carry a fault current to a path to grounding. And the water metal pipe here, Is bonded to the service equipment enclosure. That's good. And all that stuff about grounding and bonding. If you're kind of weak in that knowledge, that's okay. Just go to that same electrical course and you go to the grounding systems and we talk about what is grounding. It's grounding here, grounding electrodes, driven rods, corrosion, attachment, water pipes, jumpers, oofers you first. So it's a really good course for electrical to build up your knowledge in electrical systems. You're supposed to inspect a representative number of switches like fixtures and receptacles, including AFCIs and GFCIs, and testing them and smoking and carbon monoxide detectors. So we have an outdoor receptacle, has some damage, should be GFCI protected. That's a problem. And we're going to test the GFCIs with our little GFCI tester. Presence of smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. We've got some really old ones. They're battery operated. Ideally, they're, they're interconnected. Modern homes would be. Smoke alarms must be powered by the building wiring and the battery backup. They should be interconnected so that when one alarm activates, all of them do. And each bedroom outside, each bedroom outside, each bedroom, a sleeping area, and on each story, including the basement, there should be a, a detector. And carbon monoxide detectors should be installed for houses that have fuel fired appliances or an attached garage with an opening to the house. And we've got a fireplace here and outside of each bedroom, inside of each bedroom with a fuel burning appliance and they should be interconnected as well. So a couple of things on smoke and carbon monoxide. You have to describe the main service amperage rating if labeled and the type of wiring observed. And we got that, it's 100, one finger tells me 100 little trick there with my pictures and type of wiring, NMB, and some cloth. And report as a need of correction, any problems with the surface entrance, conductors, insulation, drip loop, vertical clearances, um, unused breakers that was not filled, a presence of solid conductor aluminum branch wiring if visible, any test receptacle which power wasn't pre- present or cover wasn't in place or GFCI didn't trip and things like that, and the absence of smoke and carbon monoxide detectors foundation it's nine i'm an hour and a half in and i'm getting to the structure in the basement and i know i've got water problems i'm required to inspect these things the foundation the basement crawl space and structural components and i have to describe the type of foundation and location of access to any underfloor access space uh, there's no crawl space so it's just a big full basement and the inspection is restricted with personal items, stored items. So I take pictures of these things so that if later on somebody finds something, like my client moves in and all this stuff is removed and they see a big hole right here. Huge, big hole. You can put a wild boar through that hole. Well, I couldn't observe it at the time of the inspection. And I have a picture to prove that I didn't see it. I can't report upon things that I can't see during the inspection, at the time of the inspection. So there may be a defect right here, but I'm not required to report upon it if I don't observe it. So am I required to find every defect in a home? No. I'm required to report upon the defect or defects that I find, observe, and deem to be material. So I have to do those two things. It's going to be in the report. If I observe it and I deem it, I consider it to be material defect. And a material defect is that serious defect that's going to hurt somebody or have an adverse impact on the value of the home. So that hole, right? Has an adverse impact. I don't know. It's a major problem. That hole they can pass through, right? A wild boar. I don't know. I understand how big that hole is. But that's a big problem. But if I don't observe it because there's stored items there, then it's not going to be in the report. Now let's say my client moves in. All this stuff from the seller has been removed. And that hole in the foundation is really obvious. They're going to call me up. Hey, we just moved in and we see this big hole you know, in the foundation. And I'll, I'll go, well, did you hire me to do a a pre-closing walkthrough—that last chance before you sign on the line to buy the home. Did you hire me to do that walkthrough so we can see things like this? And they'll be like, uh, "No, oh, okay. Well, we all make mistakes." Okay, um, <laughs> may I? Uh, we agreed that you would allow me before you file a complaint to come and visit your house. When can I come over? And they're like, oh, we agreed to that? Yeah, it's in your agreement. So when can I come over? And I'll take a look. I come over, I take a look, I go down in the basement and I see this big hole in the foundation. And I go, holy cow, that is a hole. It's obvious. It's right there. Anybody could, have, you could see that from 10 feet away, right? And it wasn't obvious during that. Well, why wasn't it in a report? Because it's not obvious. The- it wasn't observed during the inspection. Why? Well, look at the picture. It was covered up, right? So you want to ask your clients, remind your clients for that walkthrough inspection, that last-minute walkthrough inspection, just to make sure that, you know, the condition of the home is the same. And it probably isn't going to be. You're probably going to see something. And that's perfect. You just make an addendum to your inspection report. And then make sure your client agrees before they file a complaint that you are invited to take another look. And then you being there kind of calms the situation. All the emotions go away and people get to see you explain that a home inspection is just a snapshot in time of the condition of the home. It has nothing to do with the future. and And your client should expect to find defects that were not observed and reported upon at the time of the inspection. Why? Because conditions change and things are cleaned up, things are removed, and things are revealed, sometimes on purpose. So these are inspection restrictions. There could be a huge crack in the foundation behind this cabinetry, and it will be obvious to anybody during a a pre-closing walkthrough, or when they move in. On move-in day, you know, a lot of things are obvious. There could be a vertical shrinkage crack right here behind this cabinet. I did that once, I moved the cabinet once and I found somebody just coincidentally, I guess, put a piece of furniture in front of a major foundation crack. Um, sometimes, oftentimes you'll find that the seller has no idea what the effects are going on in the house. So your job isn't to point fingers. I'm making fun, having some fun, but our job isn't to point fingers and and assign fault or blame. Um, It's just to report upon what you observe at the time of the inspection. And so this is filled, this is filled with a lot of stuff. And I think there's, you can probably see there's some things going on, right? Like what is that, right? And what is that? And they painted this. This is white paint. This is new white paint. Why didn't they paint that? It's okay. And they didn't paint this. Why would you not paint that? It's, it's kind of odd. I go around. Looking good. I see that. There's that sump pump. And that sock, right? And then I start to take a look at. So that was kind of like a, a, a 360. Get, get it, uh, a good idea of the the foundation and the the things in the basement then i want to take a look at specific things like the floor system the load bearing components and where the floor is attached to the foundation so i'm taking a look at that and the floor system looks pretty good this all looks good there's no insulation installed it's an unfinished space and there could be insulation installed where this joist load-bearing joist is resting on this ledger board under the fireplace, wood floor joists, looking for anything that destroys wood. At this house, I wasn't hired to do a wood destroying insect organism termite inspection, but I'm going to tap on these joists. I'm gonna look for termites. I look for anything that destroys wood, including water, mold, fungus, and termites. I call them bugs.
1: Looking. Looks pretty good. Looks okay.
0: Looking around. Oh, wait. I'm looking at the structure, but this ductwork here, if you take a look, it is kind of hanging, right? Hanging down. And it's supposed to be connected to this floor vent area up here. So this is a <clears throat> rectangular opening in the floor. And this vent is supposed to be stuck up there. And they usually put some roofing nails. Um sideways to attach this metal duct into this. So that's not so it's a furnace. And like I bet this room isn't it's a different climate than the all the others, I bet, right? And they're wondering why. Well, it's oh, here's another defect. I'm just going around the house and representative number of windows. This one is cracked and it has been duct taped. Thank goodness. And if you're wondering about how to inspect structural issues. We have a textbook. If you're into textbooks, we have textbooks. Um, there's college textbooks since internachi.edu is a college. These are college textbooks. And you can search for concrete at any Natche.org page, or you can take the structural issues for inspectors course. If you go to nace.org at the top right corner, you can just type in, search for concrete. You got concrete admixtures, visual inspection of concrete, the history of concrete, Shrinkage cracks in concrete, constituent materials of concrete, concrete—it just goes on and on and on. I like visual inspection of concrete, written by Nick, me, and Kenton, and it has some really good information there and great pictures of different types of cracks, especially shrinkage cracks, and what do they mean and how to inspect them. Um, and this is what we are required to report as a need of correction: observe indications of. Wood in contact with or near soil, observed indications of active water penetration. This is the fun part for me. And right here, this foundation poured concrete foundation, reinforced poured concrete foundation, um, and a separated concrete tile, uh, concrete floor. But bam, right there, that's indications observed indications of active water penetration. Is it wet? No, but you know it's not raining. You know, and it was wet and. There's multiple layers of water marks and there's mud coming through. So that's a observed indications of an active water penetration. Um, is the floor wet? No, it's completely dry, but look at the layers, the rings of water. So for some reason, this wall here is actually flowing in and it carries dirt with it and then it dries. And every time it rains, it comes in, puddles up, and then it dries, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a lot of fun. And it just makes sense now. Now I'm trying to put this all together and make a nice story about this house. And the story of this house is it has water problems, right? And there's observed indications of active water penetration in this house. And when it rains, it seems like everything's controlled on the outside there's that one downstop but the ground for some reason isn't diverting water away from the house and they know this because they brought in soil and they've been working working on the window wells and the window wells are not draining they're filling up and there's water going down the outside of the exterior foundation wall and then coming into the house and it's leaving water marks there um, telltale signs, right? Of indications of active water penetration in the sump pump. Um, there's it's moist and damaged and uh, um, it's uh, water intrusion, moisture intrusion. It's wet and it's wet to the touch and it looks like there's water levels. And every time it rains, you can imagine it filling up and discharging outside somewhere along the foundation. Maybe it's recycling. Maybe it's not discharging away from the house. I mean, it's just discharging it onto itself. That's the story of the house. And it can be fixed. Any water problems can be fixed. Um, and I think this one can be fixed. Um, it can be fixed with sump pumps, with new sump pumps, maybe larger holes and battery backups and discharging away from the house and some waterproofing and some grading and maybe a concentration on the gutters. Maybe they need to be looked at. Maybe during a heavy rainstorm, those gutter guards they're not really allowing water to go into the gutters and it's fl- overflowing and the window wells and the covers and things like that. And that's the story of the home. You tell that story to someone and they're still going to buy the house. This is their dream home. You cannot kill a deal by telling the story. You are a home inspector, but essentially we're storytellers. We're sto- telling the story of the home. And this is the story of this home. And this story is okay for someone who loves this house and it's their dream home. And they spent an entire year, six months at least, finding the right place to live, finding the right neighborhood, finding the right school district, finding the right street, finding a home, going through open houses, finding a real estate agent, finding a lending institution, getting an approval, getting that deposit done, getting it just on and on. There's nothing a home inspector can say to kill a deal. All you're doing is telling a story. Now, this person may be sensitive to mold or had an issue with moisture intrusion in another house in the past and they just can't get over this, maybe. But ideally, in general, rule of thumb is home inspectors not kill dealers. They tell stories. And this is the story of this home. And this is the story I told. And it it was a dream home. They're going to go in and fix it. Um, there's water coming through there. So every window well, now I understand, there's these weird pipes underneath every basement window. And it's because it was designed somehow, I, I don't know, because I, I don't have a shovel and I'm not going to do it. But if I was the homeowner, this is what I told the homeowner, you get a shovel, you go in there and you get a shovel and you clean this all out and figure out where this pipe is. And it's supposed to be draining in there. I bet it's not. But it's not, that's the easy fix, right? And the bottom of this window well should be lower than this, and this is the drain to it. So just check this all out, clean this all out and check it out and figure out what is going on here. And it's supposed to be draining down. And where's this drain to? It goes into the floor. So this window well, clean this all out, figure out where that drain pipe is, figure out how it's draining and then clean it all up. It's supposed to go in here and then drain down and it drains through the foundation, Goes down here. You can tell it's not draining. It's not, it's all clogged up and it's coming through this area right here. And it goes into the floor. And where? Where is it draining to? And we have no idea. I can't find a floor drain. I don't understand what's going on. It's just draining in here and it's probably backing up. And that's why there's water all over this floor. It gets all wet here and comes up out of the ground because this isn't being taken care of or it's supposed to go to the sump pump and it's not, it's not getting there. Cause in each sump pump, I don't see holes. I don't see any pipes. I don't see any ends or terminations from these guys, right? So this is supposed to go into the sump pump and it's not. This is supposed to go into a, a cavity of some kind, who knows? Is it working? No, this is an easy fix actually. Now that you've fixed figured it out. You can help your client with this story or not. I think after a while, you become a veteran like me. I've performed 10,000 inspections and this is kind of fun. I understand what's going on and I can give them the right direction into what to do and where to go and how to fix these things, right? It's going to take some um, sweat equity. And that sweat equity, they can get that back. There's a return on that investment for a homeowner. And it's a little fun because you get to really understand what is going on with the home. And that's how I would phrase it. Look, see, this is the pipe. This is the drainage pipe from that window. And right below it, this isn't sealed. And it's not draining. It's not going into the pipe. It's coming out. This is slam dunk easy. This one might be actually working because there's no watermarks here. But I'd still dig this one out, right? And I think this is the one with the dense vegetation and there's no water going in here. It's kind of fun. But you have to watch your time because we're two hours into it. We, we still have to get to the attic, the interior, the bathrooms, the kitchen, the garage. There's a lot to do. So um, follow the standards of practice and you get to the attic and it's around 10 o'clock. And I know I've managed my time. Well, I'm two hours in and this is going really well. And I know I'm going to make money on this home inspection because I've calculated a profitable fee based upon a three hour inspection and I'm about two hours in, I'm in the attic and I know everything's going well. My day is going to be great. I'm having a lot of fun because I just inspected the basement and I put everything together. I put the story together and my client that still loves their dream home. So I, I'll tell my client, I'm going up in the attic. I'm going to take a look at the under roof structure. I'm going to take a look at the insulation and ventilation and I'll be right down. So in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'll take a look. Maybe they can come up if it's safe. And it is safe because there's somewhat of a flooring here and here. I'll tell them not to actually step on the insulation. Some people actually did. It almost went through. And I'm looking where that chimney stack meets the roof. I don't see anything. I don't see any watermarks on the floor. The wiring looks good. The, The insulation looks good. Everything is looking good. The structure looks great. I don't see any wood damage from water penetration or roof leaks. Nothing. Looking around, let's see, mouse droppings or anything like that. Looks really good, but the roof fan, that has a problem. Can't get it to turn on. Someone's already been here. It's a bad picture. It's out of focus, but who cares? And it just won't turn on for me. Can't get it to turn on. Maybe I'm not doing it correctly. Happens all the time. Like I I didn't touch the button correctly. Okay, I didn't turn it correctly. I turned it the wrong way. All right. But at least it's in the report, and that seller can describe to the, my client that everything's okay. All right. You get up into the attic with a pull-down stairs. These pull-down stairs in a cold climate and any climate really should be insulated, and it's not. It doesn't even close tightly. So it's a huge energy waste. You're in the winter time. You're heating up the house. The interior air is warm. It's light and it's coming right up through this big hole. There's a three by six hole in the building envelope at the top of that envelope. And all that energy is going right up through this hole. It's a huge waste of energy. We just love to waste energy. We waste a lot of energy with our homes. That's why home inspectors are so important. That's one of the benefits of getting a home inspection. Every home should be inspected. Every home should be inspected every year as part of a a homeowner's routine home maintenance plan, but every home should be inspected now for energy, energy consumption, energy efficiency, energy deficiencies, find those energy problems. We have to inspect the insulation in the unfinished spaces, including attics, crawl spaces and foundation areas. There's the foundation area, there's the attic, no crawl space inspect the ventilation of unfinished spaces, including attics, crawl spaces, foundation areas, the attic fan, I couldn't get it to turn on. Mechanical exhaust systems have to be inspected in the kitchen, bathrooms, and laundry area. Every kitchen should have an exhaust that goes outside. Same thing for the bathroom and the laundry for sure. So in this kitchen, the microwave is the ventilation fan. It does not go outside. In this, House, the bathrooms do not have a mechanical fan, but a window is just fine. If it doesn't have a fan and it doesn't have a window, that's no good. It has to have one of them. Both would be great because you don't want to open up in a cold climate, your window all the time, every time you uh, need it, let's say when you're going to the bathroom, so or when you're taking a shower. So a mechanical exhaust system should be in a bathroom and the laundry for sure. Has to go outside and that's the laundry exhaust Um, describe the type of insulation and approximate depth report and as in need of correction any general absence of insulation or ventilation in those unfinished spaces and then the bathrooms you can group the bathrooms together in your inspection report basically when i can come out of the attic i'm going to do the entire interior including the garage and i get to the kitchen and that includes the bathrooms and but in my report i'm going to group them together so this is the master bathroom flush the toilet get to the tub hold on to the handle take a look for leaks there are no gfci's in the bathroom the plumbing access panel for this master bathroom shower is open i run water i try to get it to leak it doesn't there's a window second floor bathroom second floor sink shower i pound on the tiles if my hand goes through the tile fantastic that's my job my job is to find Problems, and if I can cause damage by pushing my hand through a tile, which should never happen, good job. You're supposed to do damage. Um, and there's a shower, and there's plumbing access panel. I can't get to it. It's painted, so I'm like, and there's stuff all over the place. But this is the plumbing access panel. There's a shelf in the way, and it's painted up, and there's all kinds of things. But I would like to open up the plumbing access panel. No GFCIs, and that's the only receptacle there as well. Same window. Um, the tile was in good shape, they covered it. Um, so I I don't tell anybody, but I move the carpet and just to see what's going on, see if I'm gonna get caught with something being hidden and there's nothing going on here. And then this is the first floor half bath. And remember, this is where the toilet is leaking, right? And this is a vinyl. I don't know why it's not tile, vinyl. Hmm. They replaced the tile. Maybe they had wood or something. Hmm. And uh, I moved the toilet. It doesn't, everything looks good, but it is leaking. Sink, everything looks good there. Interior. So the interior may include floors. It will include floors, walls, ceilings, windows, doors, lights, receptacles, smoke detectors, bathrooms, attached garage and kitchen, right? And I'm going to do that in less than an hour because I want to finish up around 11 o'clock. And at 11 o'clock, I want to get paid, get in my truck, go find some food or Open up my food. My spouse uh, prepares delicious lunches for me all the time that I can eat in my truck. I go over my inspection report, maybe finish up the report um, or prepare for the next one. Chill out a little bit, find some coffee, and get to the next house early and start this whole thing again and try to make another five hundred bucks and bring home a thousand to my family at the end of the day. What a great way to make a great living! It's so much fun being a home inspector, but I haven't finished this one yet, so. I'm around 10, 15 right now. I'm going to spend the next hour or so finishing up. And that's the interior, and I'm required to inspect windows, doors, floors, walls, ceilings, stairs, steps, landings, ramps, railings and guards and handrails and vehicle garage doors. Okay. So, there's two wall receptacle, two prong receptacles, no big deal. Uh, the no grounding. I'm going to tell my client, this is an older home has two prong receptacles. If you want like computer uh office you know maybe rewire it i inspect the ceiling fans the windows the door there to the attic access needs to be closed up and maybe insulated you know for energy efficiency purposes and there's the front door and then interior key deadbolts should um should not be permitted there makes a, an emergency exit impossible it's a fire hazard really and smoke detectors they should all be replaced and modern smoke detectors, they're interconnected and hardwired and all that other stuff, but at least smoke, replace the smoke detectors when you move in. So I have to report and is in need of correction these following defects. I don't find any of these problems. I'm into the fireplace. Remember, we have a fireplace. It's a wood-burning fireplace, masonry. It's not factory built, it's masonry. The interior looks good. I'm looking at the surfaces, the, the, um, the brick, the mortar joints, the hearth, there's the damper door. I'm required to open and close it. I can try to take a look at the flue. I don't have to. I'm not required to, but I may look at the throat and the the lintel and the, the fire condition of the of the walls and the mortar joints. It all looks good. I have to inspect the visible portions of the fireplace and chimneys, the lintels, the damper doors by opening and closing them, and the cleanouts. If there are any if there isn't any clean out, it's not an ash pit. I have to describe the type of fireplace, report evidence of joint separation or damage or hearth extensions or um, dampers that didn't open or lack of smoke detectors, uh, lack of carbon monoxide detectors, cleanouts that are made of improper material. And then the laundry, there's a laundry section. I tucked that in my inspection report in the interior. It's a five minute inspection. Every receptacle needs to be GFCI protected. Um, or dedicated receptacles. Um, The rubber hoses, they're not pressure tested, replace them with um, stainless steel pressure tested hoses of some kind. Um, Looks like the electric dryer is in good shape and it's discharging outside. Um, Run water at the laundry tub. There's no leaks there. There's a garage. Um, It's not actually attached to the house. There's no interior doorway. There's no fire door problems. There's no door in between the attached house attached garage and the house interior um that's why it's like attached you know it was added on to that's why we had that different kind of roof section and um things like that so there's the manual garage door opens and closes there's an electrical connection that should be in a box and properly done it's not so a little defect there it's easy to do there's an exterior door at the back there isn't a a doorway through its masonry concrete block, um, in between the house and the wall, so there's no fire problems. And there's no, uh, there's a window there, um, single pane window, and there's no, um, there's drywall on the ceiling, so there's no firewall breach problems. And I can't see everything, like, there could be termite damage here, there could be water damage here, and I don't know. So that's why I take pictures of these corners of places. There's the other corner, I can't see what's going on here. There could be a, a hole. It's big enough for a wild boar to pass through. I don't know where I got that. I'm going to keep that, though. And then uh, there's no garage door opener. Um, If you wanted to inspect a garage door opener in 10 steps, it's in the interior course of internetg. So there's a checklist. Um, And then the kitchen. I end up in the kitchen. So I'm doing really well. I'm kind of happy. And you may want to include the kitchen in the interior section or a separate section in your report. But here's the kitchen there. When I get to the stove, I like to pull it to see if there's a safety feature. I run water at the sink, um, check under the cabinets. I run a short cycle of the dishwasher. If the dishwasher leaks on the floor, that's not my problem. I'll clean it up, but that's a defect. I'm supposed to find problems like that. Um, And then I test the GFCIs, make sure the exhaust goes outside, things like that. So the garbage disposal, that works, no leaks. The dishwasher runs, no leaks, test the GFCIs. There's one there that is not GFCI protected. I point to it for my picture, and then the stove is gas and the microwave works, but it doesn't exhaust outside. And then I go over the report and the summary and a review, and I finish off the story. And I tell the story of the house to my client, and they still love it. The story really is it's got water intrusion problems. Every time it rains, I bet there's some water Stuff going on in the basement, but it's not a mystery. It can be fixed. All water problems can be fixed. And you probably want to fix these, right? Don't want to live in a house that has water in the basement every time it rains. And that's about it. I'd move in, I'd buy it. Sounds good. Here's my report. I like to make it pretty with pictures and essential information. There's a table of contents some general information about my client and who was there, buyers were there, agents were there, who, who was there. And then I, a you know, third page in, I wanna make very clear about what really matters in a home inspection. And this is an article. Um, it's one of the best articles written by my brother, Nick ramico founder of InterNACHI um, for the industry. It says, congratulations on buying a new home. The process can be stressful. A home inspection is supposed to give you peace of mind but often has the opposite effect. And it just says, relax, focus on what really matters. Major defects, things that may lead to major defects, things that may hinder your ability to finance or occupy or insure the home and safety hazards. Those four things. All the other things that in, in my inspection report are nice to know about, but really you gotta focus on what really matters. And what really matters is finding your dream home and moving in, right? Keep things in perspective. And I actually tell my clients, don't kill your own deal over things that don't matter. I'm telling them, don't kill your own deal. I'm not the deal killer. I'm just reporting upon the condition of the home, giving my clients information that they need so that they can make smart decisions. And I'm telling them, don't kill your deal over things that don't matter and it's also i'm telling them this it's inappropriate to demand that a seller address deferred maintenance conditions already listed on the seller's disclosure or nitpicky items don't be nitpicky right okay i talk about um the scope and being concise what i what i say i i say things like monitoring recommended, improvement and repair recommended, that means something that a homeowner can do and correction and further evaluation recommended, that means we need a contractor and the contractor is needed for the, the moisture problems. Here's the pictures. Um, we got pictures of the defects. We've got pictures of good things and we've got pictures of bad things, right, in the report.
1: There's a the flashing and
0: then the chimney interior. And there's the roof, roof covering materials, pictures of good stuff. There's me, I like pictures like this, so that when somebody reads my report, they're like, "Oh, this this inspector gets all on the roof." And there's the roof fan, remember that? Couldn't turn it on, and then the gutters. Then I got a problem with these pipes. I'm not sure, you know, what's going on, and the grading. You know, I, I say the grading should be sloped away from the house got some window well stuff going on and the hose bibs you know some people make this a big deal right now like these other problems they're not really problems at all you know you got to focus on what really matters and that's the water stuff this this is not even a problem this gfci thing and the tree no big deal right the cooling that's awesome it's new working well, but it's draining into the sump pump and then sump pump discharges into the thing. We already know that. The toilet leaks, gotta fix that. Water coming in, you know, pretty good. Hot water. So like the hot water system is like a system, like gas hot water tank, right? And then I break it down into components, like the size, the age, shutoff valve and connectors, gas shutoff valve and relief valve so we need a a tpr discharge pipe that's in the report which right now is like no big deal because it's really the story about the moisture intrusion right there's the electrical electrical panel and panel system right and then i break it down into components main disconnect panel size breaker labeling wire type circuit breakers grounding bonding inspection sticker then the heating system, that's in good shape. I think the pictures help. Don't wanna over flood with pictures, but no pun intended. And then we've got some problems, right? Correction and further evaluation recommended. Visual signs of water penetration. It's got some problems here with the sump pump.
1: Attached garage, you need that electrical thing to be fixed. The hoses of
0: the laundry and then the attic, the structure looks good. Had roof leaks in the past, just I know this is commonly found in older homes. I'll just read you what I read. And by the way, you can take any of my inspection reports and copy paste the heck out of it. Right? I don't recommend using my exact words because I speak in a certain way. Um, slight dyslexia, so I just speak in like in different ways. So, uh what you wanna do is compare your inspection report with master inspectors. And you have my permission to take any words from me and use them as your own, but um, you should write your reports as you speak. So your client feels this flow, like you were inspecting in a certain way and now you're reporting in a certain way. But I'll just pick one paragraph. Um, I said, the house had roof leaks in the past indicated by the watermarks or stains on the roof decking and the components here and there visible from the attic space. This is commonly found in older homes. No major structural damage. Ask the seller about prior roof leaks. Monitoring is recommended. I'm not freaking people out. You know, it's an older home, probably leaked in the past. No big deal. Uh, Bathrooms. There's the bathrooms, all the toilets. I don't know why they put that blue stuff in there for my inspections, but they, they think it's kind of neat. And then, uh, The bathroom fan doesn't go outside and exhaust. I mean, the kitchen doesn't go outside. Um, And I did have an infrared camera, but I didn't put the infrared picture in my report. But I did have an infrared camera shot of the attic insulation. And there's missing missing insulation at the attic stairs, the pull-down stairs. And the interior stuff, not many pictures. There's a cracked window pane in the basement, right? An abbreviated summary of the standards of practice. I like to give my clients the actual standards of practice by linking them live to nachi.org SOP so that we're all on the same page. And in the agreement, I ask them to read uh, the standards of practice and agree that they have read the standards of practice and understand um, everything in the standards of practice. And if they didn't, they had time to ask me so that I set their expectations so that when they maybe find a problem later on, um, I will, we will have already, we'll be on the same page that um, they'll say something like, well, my contractor ripped open all the drywall and they, they found things inside that wall, like termite infestation, and you didn't see it. Well, the standards of practice, you agreed that you read the standards of practice and it clearly states that I'm not required to find defects inside walls, right? Uh, illustrations. Internet G's gallery is fantastic. It makes my inspection reports look a heck of a lot better. Look at this. I mean, this is a really nice illustration it's about shingles, three-tap shingles, grading around the property. Um, that hose bib, we have it in Spanish as well. Um, gas tank illustration that all the components, and this is what is missing here, this TPR valve, temperature pressure relief valve, it's on the side, and it just looks like the picture that I took, right, with my finger pointing, and now it's a red arrow in a really nice illustration, Um, and there's the humidifier, really old humidifier that that describes everything about the components of the humidifier, right, that's really nice, and then there's a report conclusion, right, Um, and a reminder about pre-closing walkthrough, I'll have an automatic email and or text that um, reminds my client to hire me again. I can do it for free or maybe for a hundred bucks as a pre-closing walkthrough to find those defects that weren't observable during the actual inspection. And then I tell them, if you're you're not going to hire me, do these 10 things. When you walk through the house, don't just look around. Tell the agent, I'm gonna do these 10 things, right? I'm gonna check the heating system, I'm gonna operate the appliances, I'm gonna run water, I'm gonna operate all these things, smoke detector and ask this, and read the seller's disclosure one more time, right? So this is pre-closing. I- ideally, I would be with you, but if you're not, I'm gonna give you 10 things to do, right? And then if there is any complaint, <laughs> like, hey, uh, you know, I just moved in and the gas stove doesn't turn on. Well, did you read the report? Yeah, did you do number two, operate all appliances? In your pre-closing walkthrough, okay. This is a letter that I leave on the kitchen counter for the seller, or the property owner, and it says, "We understand that the home inspection can be a stressful process." Right? That's a nice first sentence. We make every effort to respect your home and leave it as we found it. All of the inspectors wore indoor shoes only. We wore those kind of shoes, and so there are if there's a if there's a shoe mark on a white carpet wasn't us. And then we touch these things, but you may want to look, right? I once had a a client, a seller call me up and said his, um, his blind was askew. I didn't even know what that meant, but, you know, I leave this here so that my sellers, um, you know, I think, I think this generated a lot of money for us. We left this letter for, this is a ideally a, a piece of marketing. It's, I mean, it's a CYA, but it's also a piece of marketing. A lot of our clients were sellers. And I think this letter, as it's written, is really nice. And the seller goes, hmm, you know, we should probably hire them. Because most sellers are moving in the neighborhood, right? Or not too far away. Sometimes they're upgrading or downgrading. Maybe they're moving across the country, but a lot of them just move within and so in, in your market so you may want to have a leave behind you know internet actually, uh, has an e-commerce site inspector outlet and they have this like little box a gift box and you can put stuff inside the gift box and leave it for the seller that's really cool and that's at inspectoroutlet.com inspectoroutlet.com get paid get credit card uh, you can ask for a credit card online or get paid online or get paid on the site. There's all kinds of th- ways to do that. Uh, Square is really good. You know, you're that thing you just swipe or you hold your card uh, uh, up to it. It's really great to get paid. Um, and that is the inspection, uh, home inspection training class. Do you have any questions? Let's see, how do I get to my questions? Hold on a second, I'll get there. There it is, there. Maybe you see these things too. So let's see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some questions and some chatting going on. Okay, so let's see, questions. Sean says, how do we get credit for the class? And Nate says, you have to log in and enter it. That's right. We have a Canadian drone course coming up. Um, do they regulate drones in Canada? That's a great question because we are um, doing something. We're going to have an amazing announcement about FAA coming up, um, being a training provider and um, teaming up with FAA and being recognized as a training provider. Um, but that's FAA. I'm not familiar with Canadian FAA, right? Um, so if you could send me a link, ben at internet.org, I'll have my team education team look into it and um, uh, I'll take a, uh, another look and see if we can do something. If we can help in any way, we certainly will. So if you can email me, ben at I'll have my education team look up um, Canadian drone requirements and see if we can provide some education or exam prep or insurance or something like that. Great question, Matthew. Are we held responsible to report on systems components and viewable from the attic um when you go in the attic and you see uh let's say it's a bathroom exhaust fan and you see it and it's disconnected from its exhaust pipe then um and you observe it right and you deem it to be important um you should put it in the report so that's why pictures are really helpful and that's why Writing their inspection reports as you inspect is really helpful too. I know inspectors, they're usually veteran inspectors who perform two inspections a day and they write all the reports at night and they hope that they can remember all these things. Not me. I'm not doing that. If I see a defect and I want it in the report, I'm going to put it in the report right there. Guaranteed. And I'm going to take a picture of it. Okay, and you can also review that inspection report like during lunch or in the evening and just make sure it looks good and you got everything in there. And if you ever need to add an addendum, you can do that. You can attach something to your inspection report. You you, um, you re- were reviewing your pictures or your video and you like, mm, you know what? I, I, don't, I think I'd like to add this. You can't, feel free to add that that can be in part of your agreement as well. Um, You find yourself delayed by the client by discussing the roof findings before you have to complete the entire. No, I love talking and inspecting at the same time. I want to talk and address all the questions and concerns during my inspection while I'm inspecting because I don't want to work at night. And I wish this upon my friendly competitors. I wish that they pick up the phone and address client questions all night long because they're going to be tired in the morning. And I'm not, I'm gonna be fresh and I'm gonna be doing a great job. So I don't wanna be delayed at all. I won't be delayed. I'll be delayed at night if I don't address my clients' questions and concerns during the day, right? So I wanna get everything, I wanna do all my work during the day. Um, How about phrases and comments for reporting? Yep, you can use my reports. You can also, um, if you wanna email me, send you to a bunch of home inspection reports um go back to home inspection checklist remember that page with the checklist furnace checklist you scroll all the way down all the way down and you get to home inspection sample reports home inspection sample reports link here's a bunch of home inspection sample reports and all of these inspectors certified master inspectors have permitted you to download the reports and use them to improve your own reports. So we have a bunch of reports here. So you can use them, compare them and use what they say in their reports um, for your reports to make your reports better. Okay, Amelia, Um, it's recommended to accept payments prior to the inspection. I don't know anybody who does, but you can actually, if you have a scheduling system or use square, you can, and somebody, um, you know how you reserve Um, some restaurants that are really fancy, they ask you for $5 or $25 down or put your credit card information to reserve your spot. You can do that for um, your clients. I don't think, um, I don't know how successful or I don't know why you would do that. Um, I don't know what you would do if they cancel the inspection. Would you charge them or something? um, But you can take a credit card. I usually get paid. um, My brand was, you, you don't have to pay me until you're absolutely happy with the inspection service. So I do the service first, and then I get paid. And that's how most services are done. You know, you get paid after you perform the service. Um, for, regarding the sump pump pipe to the center, how, how do you word this in a report? Oh, we should go back to the report. I wonder how I worded it. Uh, Uh, the rear sump pump is discharging into the sewer line, not allowed by plumbing code violation. The sump pump would be should be discharging outside. This is improperly overtaxing the sewer system with groundwater. It's under uh, correction and further evaluation recommended by a contractor. Um, is it common for home. home- homeowners to hire a home inspector for proper maintenance of the house? No, it's not common. Darn it, it should be. That's my goal. I want every homeowner to hire a home inspector as part of a maintenance program. Good question, but it's not common. That is the problem. if you go to other countries, actually, a home inspection is not common during a real estate transaction. It's only in the United States and Canada where it's common. Um, We spent years educating the public, decades, about the value of getting a home inspection before you buy a house or a commercial property. So that's pretty much standard now. But um, in, in Europe or other countries, South America, that's not common at all um let's see south africa somewhat common australia a little bit um but yep uh it takes education so if you're in a country where you know or if you're in an area where home inspections are not common you have to start educating real estate agents do a couple free inspections do several free inspections for several real estate agents and tell them this is a pretty cool thing you know um if you cause damage, who's responsible for it? Um well it, here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna take you to. I'm not I'm not gonna pay for anything. I was once at an ashy meeting. I went to an ashy meeting once. Chapter invited by a friend. And there was somebody who was telling a story of a home inspection. Let's see where where is that And they did a home inspection, they turned on the dishwasher and the dishwasher leaked all over the floor. And they said that they um Solved the issue. And we we're like, wow, how did he solve the issue? What, what, what do you mean solve the issue? Said, I bought him a new dishwasher. So uh, that's not how you solve an issue. That's not your problem. You didn't break the dishwasher. You just turned it on. You observed. You did normal operating controls and it leaked all over the floor. You're not supposed to buy a dishwasher because of that. So if you're using normal operating controls and following a standards of practice and something breaks, you're not responsible for that. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a very enlightening, actually, chapter meeting. Um, exceed. Let's see, exceed. So um, there's an article here that says to exceed, or oh no, no, that's not it. It's damage, damage, damage. Doing damage to during a home inspection. Doing damage during a home inspection. It's your job, right? So it's your job. To damage things. So if you, um, if you, let's see, what happened to me? If you go underneath the sink, and you grab the sink drain, and it's a uh, soft brass, um, stainless steel, you know, the shiny ones, and it cracks into your in your hand, and it just don't move. And get your camera out and take a picture of it, and put that picture in the inspection report and call it a defect. That's recommended to be corrected. You know, if you test the GFCI tester and you you put your tester in, you test it, and it won't reset, that's a defect. Put it in the inspection report. You damaged it. No, I found the the problem. Take a picture of it and put it in the inspection report. Right. If you um, pull down the attic stairs, and the whole thing just falls down, right? oh, you push the garage door button opener and it goes up and then you push it again and to come back down and it pops off the rail and it falls like that. Put an inspection report as correction and further evaluation recommended. All those things happened to me. I didn't pay for any of that. Now, hold on. If you chip, trip a GFCI in the garage and there's a, a cooler filled with wine, and you forget to reset it. You cause damage, and you should probably buy some wine. And I did that as well. I came over with extra wine, $100, and flowers, and it made everyone feel good. And I apologized, and I made everybody whole. And then I explained that in an email to everyone. The owner, the owner's agent, and... Um, the buyer and the buyer's agent for people, for emails, and I told the story of how I do an inspection, test the GFCI in, in the garage. I didn't. I just passed right over the wine cooler, and for some strange reason, I didn't reset the thing, and the cold wine turned warm, ruined everything. I don't think I ruined everything, but I replaced all the wine, brought over some flowers and some extra cash, and made everybody whole. That story was passed around to all the real estate agents involved and their colleagues, and we got business out of it. If you do make a mistake and you make everybody whole, don't keep it a secret. Tell everybody that you make everybody whole when there is a mistake and you do damage, that is your responsibility. But man, if you're using normal operating controls and you're following the standards of practice, that's your job to find problems, you know That's who's responsible, not you. Um, good question Jason. What type of equipment do you use to bring backups for an inspection? Oh man, I got a ton of equipment and ton of backups and I charge everything and I charge the things that are backed up right that's the that's the hard one charging everything, making sure everything's charged. What type of equipment do you bring backups to, for to an inspection? I got extra of everything. I got two of everything, two infrared cameras, two flashlights. I got a ton of GFCI testers and voltage testers, um, you know, and even a backup computer system and printer. I like a printer with me. Um, so everything's backed up, even pants. I got extra shirts. Um, so, and in between jobs, you know, you need an extra shirt. And if you rip your pants, you need an extra pants and knee pads, and shoes, and just about everything, and deodorant, and gum, and mints, and things like that. Uh, do you have any recommendations specifically for a type of camera you use? Your phone is the best. Phone works on your software. If you're invest, if you uh, are thinking about buying software, home inspection report software, and it doesn't operate on your phone, consider something else. Um, South Carolina is regulated by ASHI inspectors. Yep. Do you recommend any courses to sharpen inspectors that aren't held to NACHI standards? Do you recommend any courses to sharpen inspectors that aren't held to NACHI standards?
1: Um, not sure. Do I recommend any courses? NACHI.org
0: slash South Carolina. We have a page about how to become a home inspector in South Carolina. It's difficult. They have, um, there's there's a two part exam. Um, And so we provide um, materials to help you prepare for that exam. And we also have CE courses approved by the state to renew your state license. We also have insurance for inspectors in South Carolina. We have a couple chapters in South Carolina. We have mentors in South Carolina. You can find other inspectors in South Carolina. You click this button, you can find all the inspectors in South Carolina. There they all are. Oh, James Jennings. Where's the, uh, must be new. No, James, not a new. You really should have um, your profile updated so that you can get your phone number and your logo here and your website here, James. So let's go back. How about Christopher Walton? Christopher, same thing. You need a website, right? And you need a logo. And you got to get your profile updated. Chat. Capitalize your first letters of your name. Good logo. Here's your website. Ah, I like your website. This is a great website. I love American Eagles and flags. Veteran owned. Thank you. Myrtle Beach's most thorough home inspector. We would be honored to inspect your home. This is a great website. I love it. InterNACHI certified. You got your website designer to embed those logos on your website. love it. Chat, that's great. Standards of practice. Um, th- th- this is, uh... oh, okay, got it. That's beautiful. That's a great website. What really matters in a home inspection, location and in hours. That's really cool. My qualifications, I'm a certified professional inspector. That's amazing. That's really good. I like this website. Um, yeah, I was just looking. Wait, what was the question? Oh, so hands-on training, real estate cards, rating uh, radon tester in South Carolina, we're destroying organisms, commercial property inspection. So what I would do to help sharpen skills is you go to um, get started and then you go down to
1: um, certification. No, to sharpen, I would go,
0: I'd go here. NACHI.org slash CPI hyphen requirements. This is the requirements to become a certified home inspector. And you wanna become a certified home inspector in addition to being a licensed inspector in South Carolina. Because when you are a licensed inspector in South Carolina or a licensed inspector in Florida or licensed inspector in Arizona or Texas, but half the country, you have to get a license. Having a home inspector license means that um, you've met the absolute minimum legal requirements to perform a home inspection. And that's a pretty low bar. If I had a license, And I do, I'm a licensed home inspector in many states, including Florida. Um, That license means almost
1: nothing. It means that you are um, meeting the absolute legal minimum standard to be an inspector. Well, why would somebody hire you?
0: Because you met the absolute legal minimum? you do the bare minimum, you promise that you do the bare minimum. Why? Well, it's illegal not to. That's, that's what a license means. It means nothing. It means that you are equivalent to everyone else who has a license in your state. So what you need to do is show a difference. You have to figure out the answer to the question, why would I hire you, license inspector, instead of any other licensed inspector because you're all doing the same thing, right? You're all licensed. You're all following the same standards of practice. You're all performing inspections. You're all writing reports. You're all the same, right? So what's the difference between two? Get certified by InterNACHI. InterNACHI is a large organization. And so you can borrow the trust, essentially. You're borrowing trust of a third party verifier. The state licenses anybody who goes through the process, but Internet certification is special. We're the certification body of home inspectors. We're the only home inspector college that has a nationally accredited home inspector certification program. Our CPIs are graduates of a college program. We're working towards getting a degree. Soon it will be like Everyone should expect your home inspector to have a degree in home inspections. So start with internet.eu. Take the courses there to become a certified home inspector. One, two, when you become an internet certified home inspector, internet membership benefits turn on, such as the internet marketing team, six highly professional, creative consultants and marketing illustrators and designers start to work for you. It would be impossible for you to hire six people just to work on your marketing. And you don't get that when you get a license. You get that when you become internet certified. You get a team of people dedicated to work on your marketing. And all of their work, all their design work is free. All you do is pay for the printing. So if you wanted that design team to Redesign your existing logo, business logo. Hire a box of, uh, order a box of business cards for a hundred bucks, and they'll look at your logo, talk with you about your logo, redesign your logo, make it bigger and better, and then they'll design a business card, or a flyer, or things that can be put on your website, and all of that design work is free. They'll design, 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 design. All you got to do is place some kind of order. The cheapest order I think is hundred dollars for a huge big box of business cards. That's one of the advantages that you can get. And then you take that marketing team and you help build your brand so that you're different from all the rest. Cause imagine you standing in a line of licensed home inspectors in South Carolina. It's really not about the training. You're licensed, go do a home inspection. That's what the state said, you got a license do a home inspection. You don't need to learn anymore. Go do license. You have to do your continuing education to renew, but go ahead. So you're a business owner. You have to think, well, how am I going to be successful and make a great living in business? Start your marketing so you can distinguish yourself from all the rest. So in a field of licensed inspectors in South Carolina, you're the only one standing. Everyone has to sit down because you're different from all the rest.
1: And there's several ways to do that. And we list them at this URL. nachiorg
0: slash everything. Nachi.org slash everything has 15 steps to be successful as a home inspector. If you're not a member, do step one. Join Internachi as a member. If you're not trained and certified or licensed, or you don't have any experience, get that step two. And then you got to purchase some tools and equipment and software and calculate profitable fees. And then you got to do some basic marketing, but then here you go. Here's where all of the resources are to really boost your inspection business. If you have a license, got to get certified. That's pretty easy. Then you develop and grow your business so that you're different from all the rest. Man, when you're a licensed home inspector, that's tough. Because brand new home inspectors who have a license are equivalent to you. You've been securing your market for 30 years as a licensed home inspector in South Carolina and a new person comes up. And now he or she is equivalently licensed to do exactly what you've been doing for the past 30 years. But they are going to run the race of marketing. while well, you thought your license would help you with that. It doesn't secure... Anything doesn't guarantee anything. So the training that I recommend is all about business and marketing strategies, because you're going to go out of business soon if you don't market yourself as something different than all the other licensees. I think that's my recommendation. You got to take a business and marketing course, and internet actually has those. I have them all over the place. Yep. Okay. Oh uh, boy, where am I? This is chats chat. And this is questions. Should I go from the bottom up? Where or where am I? So in my first month, what are the most successful marketing tips you have found to get your name out there? I would go to natchi.org slash webinar. There's that's a it's a big, you know, it's a big question. So I would go to natchi.org slash webinars. Brandon. natchiorg slash webinars. Okay. natchiorg slash webinars. And you scroll down to the search and you type in marketing. And it's the be the best burger in town thumbnail, right? It's the business and marketing webinar webinar for home inspectors. It has a burger on it, right? Because you essentially want to be the best burger in town. That's um, That's my recommendation. You watch that video and then you email me Band at internet.org with any of your questions and I'll help you. There's so many tips in that webinar. It's just too many to go over right now. But um, I would say watch that webinar. Take notes and then email me if you have any questions. First month. Get to Internet, she's marketing team. Order a box of business cards, right? And get that kicking. And then do step five of internetgy.org slash everything. Watch that. I'd watch that. Right. I'd also register for this a free coaching session with me at natchiorg slash webinars. But I would go to um, natchiorg slash everything natchiorg slash everything and do number five. Get a domain. If you click number five, you jump down the page, get a domain, get a logo, put that logo on your website, get a website, update your energy profile, update your listings then you get a business profile with Google, and you get a Google review system going. I would do that first first month. Um, do you need insurance to start homeless? No, uh, but She has insurance, org slash insurance, has an insurance company. Say if you do free inspections for practice, if you don't have insurance, you miss something. Right. Um, so just, you can get an insurance. Um, you get a local business attorney as well to advise you, um, but... Um, you don't have to have um and o insurance, okay? To do home inspections or free inspections. What if you damage the bra sink piping and the seller states that it wasn't like that before you damage? I think we went over that. Brass. Ah. Um, we went over that soft brass, stainless steel, soft brass. Um, what do you recommend for a pull and digital camera to do a roof inspection? Um, Sean says I stick. Okay, uh, Matthew is the Q&A. I know that InterNACHI has insurance partners and in is there any progress that? Yep, they keep talking about Canada. Um, it's not Internetche that is delaying this. It's the government of Canada that makes it difficult. Um, so um, we're doing our best, doing our best. Uh, well, I think that's it. What do you think? That was two and a half hours. That was a pretty good class. I like that a lot Um, and I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming to class. Um, Thanks for asking questions. Um, I'm always available. This is all I do. I love it. I've been teaching for decades now. And if you ever need me or anybody on staff, Um, we're all at the contact page, nachi.org slash contact, or go to any nachi.org page and go to the contact page. And we're all there. We all work for you. We all want you to be successful in your business and in your endeavors. And you want to uh, get a good education. Well, Home Inspector College is the best place to go. And um, just feel free to reach out. Thank you so much. And really stay safe and healthy, everybody. Just stay safe and healthy, everybody. Go go back home after the inspection. That's the most important thing. And have fun um, making a great living as a home inspector. And uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, everyone. Bye. See you later.